Hey, happy new year. <laughs> We're back. It is January 3rd, Monday, January 3rd, 2022. 2022. 2022. Get that into your head. I always have a hard time with the year switchover. And now that you don't write so many checks, right? Now the first check I write in March will be 2021. Right. <laughs> Maybe I need to write it up on the chalkboard a hundred times. 2022, 2022, 2022, 2022. It is 2022. Welcome to 2022. <laughs> same dystopia as last year. <laughs> Second verse, same as the first. Third verse now. Yeah. I got some feedback listener over the week. Or feedback, some listener feedback, some feedback listeners. Okay. I got some listener feedback. That was kind of funny. I'm a little tired this morning. You created a uh, you created a feedback loop in my own mind. Yeah. One is that our podcast is not loud enough. Okay. All right. I don't know if uh, this has to do with the levels at which you record because you don't want to get a little echo on because you know, we're sitting. Just imagine, listeners, a secret door in your grandmother's home that goes downstairs. And then inside the basement, there's another secret door near the furnace that goes further downstairs into a very small secret room that nobody wants to know why they have that. And there's a very small table. Imagine a card table, but smaller. Imagine Bobby (laughs) Flood and Jordan Bruno sitting right across the table from each other with microphones and all kinds of electronics equipment stacked on that table in the dark, in the bunker, broadcasting, Surrounded by tape delay, freeze dried food and ammunition. T- tape delayed. <laughs> He's ab- trying to avoid getting my loud, booming, obnoxious voice on his mic, and vice versa. And so that's, I think, I don't know if that's why the levels are quiet. I think you have a lot more background in this, so I, I generally would defer to you. But one of the podcasters who I will now, this is the Russian guy. He's kind of obnoxiously detail oriented. And uh, hung out with him. We're going to call him Dimitri from now on, I think. Okay. Dimi- Dimitri. Dimitri said to me, Comrade, your podcasts, they are too quiet. I think I, if I, you... I've do heard I sound that, like Count Dracula? I've heard that from <laughs> other places. Here's the thing. Like right now when I'm talking, the levels on the recorder are peaking. Peaking? Yeah. Maybe we just need to amplify it in GarageBand or something. <clears throat> A garage band, if I knew how to do that, I would. I, c- I can do it through Audacity. Okay. Garage band is s- almost too basic. It's so basic that it's next to being worthless. But it's easy to just plop this in there and pump you don't, it out. You don't think you could... Uh, now, is this how the levels normally are? Is about this high? Yeah, yeah. The funny thing is, the listeners who are listening to this, which is generally the listeners... The listeners... We'll never know what we did to the volume after this, after the <laughs> fact here. Maybe you should do some stepping just to show that something happened. 
started out like in a crescendo, quiet, going to loud. Fortissimo. I've also noticed that when you listen to us sped up, that it seems to be quieter. But I've also noticed that after listening to us sped up, if you go to 100% speed, we sound like we struggle for words, sentences together. Dimitri, he said that, I don't know why anyone listens to podcasts. I'm paraphrasing Dimitri, I know. I don't know why anyone would listen to podcasts at higher or anything they wanted to learn anything from at a higher than one speed because you can't get anything out of it if you don't listen at the right speed. <laughs> if, it's, if you're listening faster than that, you you miss everything. He's got a good point. He may have a good point. Sometimes the nuance of voice inflection and tone and stuff gets lost when you're going 1.5 or 1.75 speed. But sometimes also some of these podcasts that we produce and also our colleague, an equal Joe Rogan, uh, are very long. Yeah. By the way, Dimitri told me how to pronounce Alexander Solzhenitsyn's name. Okay. Was it the way you just said it? No, not quite. (laughs) I'm going to try it with my best Russian accent. Comrade, Tvarich. Alexandra Solzhenitsyn. Okay. Okay, Dimitri, comment on the website. Let me know if I got it right. Unless you're offended. If you're offended, please comment. (laughs) We apparently, we haven't offended people well enough to get a lot of comments. Yeah, I, I, I haven't had, I haven't had any neighbors or anybody who's found out about our bunker podcast here egg the house or give me the stink eye or throw something at me or you slap been called me. into the bishop's office not for this <laughs> <laughs> okay <clears throat> I have i have i know you want to get to some listener feedback here too i have some other feedback okay let's hear it What, you just slammed a big jar of mayonnaise or something onto the table. This is from Pepe. Pepe Le Pew. Oh, no. Is this, is this what the, I think this it is? This is the infamous eggnog. Ooh. Now, in your own home, you are not required to taste this, but, and I am told that the rum a- alcohol actually cooks off, but this okay. is homemade 100% eggnog. Wow. 100% homemade eggnog from a recipe probably south of the border. So this is not like he took store-bought eggnog and, uh, I mean, look at this. It is about as thick as mayonnaise. <laughs> it's not like he took the, uh, the stuff out of the store. Right. And I told him there's like a 50% chance that Bobby would actually take a drink on the podcast. But he made this special for us. <laughs> And he, he gave some to me and my wife, and I uh, purposefully waited to taste it okay. on the recording. So I'm going to taste it, but you're not, I'm not going to force you. You better, in your you own better home, pour some like in both taste, of those glasses. If you'd like to taste we will it, see. I'm told that this does not violate your temple covenants or the word <laughs> of wisdom. <coughs> However, Pepe's mother in law <clears throat> has a different opinion. Okay. Because she's part of the Never Once Club. Have you ever heard of that? 
No. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I I don't know. I can infer what it means, but I don't know what. I didn't know there was an official club. Okay. Well, we can't really say it on the air because it would be. Um, people can go read about that on their own. Okay. All right. I haven't. My smeller is not that great anymore. It smells good, even though my smeller is not that good either. Well, it was doing really well after the ivermectin. No, seriously, after a year and then ivermectin, right? things started to pop. And then I think I just went on a joyride of Snickers bars and uh, yeah. Jack Links and stuff like that. Right. So I don't even know, Pepe, if this is, if this is a valid... You, are you really okay with this? I'm told, I'm told it's not alcoholic, but it, t- it gives it that taste because he showed me a picture of a gallon. He had a gallon's worth of eggnog stuff and a little bit of rum, enough that it gives it the taste. Right. And then he's got it on the stove, and then he cooked all the alcohol off or evaporated off or whatever. Well, well if it's cooked out. Once on my mission, <laughs> I had, uh, there was an investigator that took us out for a, like a meal in a restaurant. This, this perpetual friend of the church who she hadn't joined, but she liked the missionary. She's an older lady and liked to give us some culture. So she took us out to eat. And I had a, like a wild boar dish that was marinated or sauteed in some alcoholic red wine or something sauce. And I didn't understand that until after I had ordered it and eaten it. And I was like, that's weird tasting stuff. But, and Jordan Bruno never forgave himself. I've had barbecue sauce with uh, bourbon in it. Bourbon Bourbon barbecue burger. It's probably the same thing. Okay, me first. All right. We're going to do this? Okay. Like, I do wish I, I wish I could smell better here. Sorry, Pepe. We better do this at the same time. Okay, here we go. <laughs> now they're going to wish uh, our levels were lower. That's pretty good. That's not bad. You know, I hate the taste of the alcohol. It really, it really bugs me, but Pepe, I think you're onto something here because I can tell that this is not store-bought. It's got a great uh, little cinnamon pop, right? Is that yeah, what it is or yeah, something? Yeah. Got some spices in it. It's not super eggy. It doesn't, doesn't really have the consistency of mayonnaise. It's pretty <laughs> thick, but not that thick. Yeah, that's good. I think I'm going for a second here. The first gift of, the, of, uh, of a listener, other than their feedback, their invaluable feedback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, thank you, Pepe. All right, thank, thank you, Pepe. And Dimitri will work on these levels, okay? Just calm down. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Well, for today's episode, we were going to do predictions, right? Oh, wait, do we have more listener feedback? I don't have any. You've got a triangle of feedback. I know that's the listeners, begging to get... When I ask the people that I know, like, hey, did you, did you, watch, did you listen to the latest episode? It's like, oh, I'm still on 13. By, I, and today I, is what, 56? I tried to explain to people that it's not necessarily consecutive. That's what I it's not say. like a. It's not like we're... I know we talk about the omniversity, but, you know, there's yeah, no syllabus. Say, you, you can come and listen. Just any, any episode will do. 
that's one thing we wanted to, uh, at least when we conceptualized this podcast at first, the idea was to talk philosophy and current events and stuff, but not necessarily require that you have to listen to everything. Right. Right. Uh, if, if, uh, <laughs> uh, you, knock, I'm going to have a little more. You definitely don't, uh, if you miss an episode or two, you're not going to be lost on the next. Well, you, you might be depending on the tangents, but they're not chronological. Yeah, and Whitaker says uh, last week, right before Christmas, if you haven't had eggnog with rum, you're missing out on the complete experience. This is homemade eggnog with rum. I don't really taste the rum, honestly. I don't know what rum's supposed to taste like. Maybe that's what it's supposed to taste like. But I'm imagining nail polish remover because if you've ever gotten close to like hard liquor, like seriously, I don't know why people drink that stuff personally. I can see why they drink the fruity drinks. If you take enough sugar and enough like grapefruit or pomegranate or something and drowned a bunch of alcohol in it. Yeah. I'm looking something up. You're looking something up. I'll keep talking. I'll I'll keep filling the air. Anyway, uh... Okay, stop talking. Okay. Is it the Blue Man Group or something? We got a blacksmith going. Oh, this is Pirates of the Caribbean rap? Got a little bit of Johnny Depp and uh, Orlando Bloom there. Oh, and Kira Knightley. Woo! I think this is what the copyright guys would call a derivative work. Yeah. Well, did anyway. you? If you get DMCA'd for that, it will be a DMCA for a DMCA. <laughs> that is so. That that line, why is the rum gone? From the it's movie, on, yeah, right? it's on the and, island where they get exiled. And uh, the internet takes these things and they create these remixes. There's one from. There's a few from Lord of the Rings. That was another, beautiful. But that's called "Why Is the Rum Gone?" Very you touching. can find it on uh, YouTube. Maybe we'll link to it. As I sniff this and, and taste it, that's what I'm asking. Why is the rum gone? Well, today, yeah, as we mentioned, it's the first of the year. We're coming up on the one-year anniversary of the darkest day in American history. So far. and uh, So far. That's, remember, today's predictions. I think CNN has a special planned. They're going to be at the Capitol on January 6th with Wolf Blitzer. Talking in very somber, Oh, I thought you were tones. making a metaphor about the darkest day being the last two years. You are talking about the darkest day being Jan- the January well, that's what 6th they told. protest. It was worse than the Civil War. You know, you know how many people died in the Civil War? Yeah, more, more, a, a lot. A, just a bit, just a couple hair, hundred thousand, just right? a, a hair, 600,000. A hair more than uh, just a little bit more January than January sixth, but yeah, six hundred thousand people died. All of them Americans, because it was an intra, inter, intra American war. It was 
a uh, war, war between, between the states. The states. Yes. Anyway, but as we as is becoming tradition, as we enter our second year of enlightening the world with this free content, Dimitri, it's free. <laughs> you need to say it this way, Dimitri. 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 There's no vowel between the D and the M. It's Dimitri. And I'm just joking. I, I don't want to slag on him too much. Maybe but. we got to get him on the podcast like yeah, we did that would be uh, Truman a, That would be great. Week. Truman did a great job. Thanks again, Truman. We'd love to have you back. I don't know if we could get back, if we could go past all of the initial details and pleasantries and uh, you worked that formalities out with, with him. Dimitri. You worked that out with him on your way over so we can get to the meat. Okay, this is He's going to want to have a piece of you. He's going to want to like Bobby. That's fine. He, That's like fine. he told me, he told me over the week that Watu is actually pronounced Watto. Okay. And he's a junk dealer. Yeah. And it's sort of ridiculous that he hasn't been canceled because he's like a they, human human trafficker uh, in Star Wars. They tried to cancel me. I do remember when that movie came out, there was some buzz about him being like a a slaver. Uh, well, being like a, a Jewish stereotype. Is what I remember. Oh, really? <clears throat> Dimitri's family knows the entire history of Star Wars canon and non-canonical. So, so are the prequels canon and are the sequels canon? Because I'd like to think that they're not canon. And please post on the website, Dimitri. <laughs> <laughs> what I'd like to know is why the sequels, that's the Ray series, we'll call it the Ray trilogy. Why didn't they make those based on the Timothy Zahn books that were took place post, you know, uh, Return of the Jedi? Those Does Zahn have a male protagonist? Yeah, his name is Luke Skywalker. So Luke continues to protagonate. Yeah, it carries on the. If I rem- you know, it's been a long time since I've read them, but it carries on the story of Luke and Leia. Hmm, Carrie Fisher, you know. Mark Hamill. Right. Those are the people that play those characters in the movies. <laughs> What's that other guy's name? Oh, Harrison. Harrison Ford. Harrison, Harrison Ford. Ford. <coughs> the money man. Yeah, he's, he brings the star power. So, Well, he didn't back then. All of those guys were unknown in 1977 when Star Wars was released. Right. Pretty, that pretty, was the beauty of it. Harrison Ford was in American... Graffiti? Uh, American Graffiti, which George Lucas made, and was is a is a good film. It's sort of the invention of the we just graduated from high school and we got the whole lives are ahead of us. What are we gonna do now, man? It was great. It's a really good movie. There was a time when George Lucas cared about storytelling, <laughs> and it was not when he made the prequels. <laughs> Or anything after that. I think I'm getting a little woozy from this eggnog. Maybe you should dilute with that water. Hmm. George Lucas also wrote a lot of the uh, Indiana Jones stories. George Lucas did. Yeah. He collaborated with Spielberg. Spielberg directed them. And they're written by George Lucas. We did a great job with Raiders. Yeah, those first... I think the first three are pretty good. Temple of Doom's a little odd. Last Crusade is excellent. Mm Mm-hmm. And of course, Raiders is is great. Epic. It's Epic is the one word. of the best adventure films out there. That one, 
being set in the past stands the test of time into the future because you don't have like, well, I guess you've got the faces melting special effects. But if they were to go back and rework that, yeah, it probably wouldn't be as good. Well, of course it wouldn't. Of course it wouldn't. I mean, they kind of tried to do that with Star Wars. They Crystal did that. King or uh, Crystal Skull, Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls or something. Mm-hmm. Indiana Jones Four, mm-hmm. which was okay, but meh. Yeah, it, it was okay. It's, See, it's seeing hard that to big ca- Russian guy get eaten by all the ants was kind of. It's bleh. hard. It's hard to repeat. You know lightning in a bottle right hard to catch lightning in a bottle twice i think it's hard to do once it just blows up the bottles when i've tried to do it <laughs> <laughs> that's in the movie stardust where they but, catch the lightning but you know there's like these remakes of old movies like they remade red dawn well of course the original you can't ever repeat that magic it was it was a uh, it's a great film for its time, and it still is. You had a bunch of stars in it that weren't stars. That was the whole point. They were tal- talented young actors that no one knew, mm-hmm. and they were just good at what they did. And were, you know, sometimes too much star power can detract from the storytelling. If every face you see, you're like, oh, that's the guy that, oh, that's Pierce Brosnan. He's so handsome. <laughs> or that's Kira Knightley. Woo-hoo. <laughs> or is it Natalie Portman? I can't tell the two apart. <laughs> anyway. No, Raider, Raiders of the Lost Ark, epic classic. One of my favorites. It is. Well, shall we start predicting? Yeah. Um, trying to remember if there's anything we're forgetting here. We got some uh, oh, I have feedback. A, I, have a, I have not a correction, but you know, last week I said, hey, World of Warcraft doesn't play itself, Jordan. You remember that? You did say that. Really, though, it does. Because World of Warcraft is plagued, and I mean plagued with bots. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's one of the reasons I really don't play anymore. It's just bots everywhere. But uh, anyway, it does play itself. <laughs> <laughs> well... One thing we need to do is uh, give another shout out to Truman. Truman, thanks for being on yep, the show last week. On. That was fun. I think we need to have you back. As I re-listened to that, well, listened to it for the first time, because the first time I actually wasn't listening when we did it, when we recorded it, <laughs> I wasn't really listening. I realized I was doing most of the talking, and I just kept going on and on and on and on. And he was politely, <coughs> and you you were politely waiting, and we got to a point where I was like, okay, I'm done. Let's wrap this up. And you said, well, hey, why don't we... Let uh, Truman and me make a comment on... Do you remember that point in the podcast? Well, I was giving Truman the last word. I don't think I said, let me make a... Well, let us... I think you, let yeah, me why be don't you profound. Let us, why let don't me. you let us say something here? And I was like, oh, yeah. I think I've been doing all the talking. Get, listeners, if you were doing your job and commenting and getting more people to come and help you comment, then we would know about that stuff earlier on in our in our <laughs> podcast run we'd have better feedback and we'd be able to you know maybe cut that sort of thing off at the pass but you know it looks like that's not going to happen unless you guys start to do your job but yeah thanks Truman. it was fun we had a good time afterward hanging out and talking a little more too so that was good and we'd love to have you back yeah maybe we can do more guest episodes with uh with the loyal listeners loyal listeners only 
Yeah, Dimitri. <laughs> <laughs> I think Dimitri is probably one of our most loyal, based on what you've told us. He's the most detail-oriented, for sure. Yeah. Which De- details are never something I've been super worried about, and that's burned me a few times in my yeah attempt to be an adult <clears throat> in your illustrious career as an adult. But there's sometimes when you just have to be very detail-oriented, and and uh, the podcast isn't necessarily one of those. Podcasting times. is just no. That's just that's just it. You can say whatever you want, and then people get to sort out the wreckage afterwards. Yeah. Speaking of podcasts, I think we'll get to this here. Did you listen to the Dr. Malone Joe Rogan podcast? I listened to about half of it. Okay. Groundbreaking. That's going to factor heavily into my predictions today. That and the release of JFK Jr.'s, actually, it's RFK, Richard F. Kennedy, (laughs) Ronaldo, it's Robert Robert F. Kennedy, Uh, Robert Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Uh, RFK Jr. He, if you're not aware, and I think all of the listeners of the Mind Virus podcast must be aware, but both John F. Kennedy, the president, and his brother, the Attorney General, Robert F. Kennedy, were assassinated in fairly quick succession. Was it like a period of four years? Was RFK yeah, in, so. in 67 or 68? He was running, I think it was leading up to that. It was, he was running for Senate at the time, wasn't he? Or was he running for president? It was 68. Yeah. There, oh, there's a lot to talk about there. And he was shot while giving a speech, right? Right up on the assassinated podium. at the Ambassador Hotel during celebrations following his successful campaigns in the California primary elections while seeking the Democratic nomination for U.S. president, which he would have gotten. Definitely. Who did get it? Was that in 68? Was that Johnson? Was Johnson re running? Yeah. But Nixon won in 68, didn't he? Let's see. I don't remember. We have to look this stuff up on Google. Uh, Johnson was out in 69, and it was Nixon to 74. So yes, Nixon won that year. Did he run against Johnson? Good question. Because it... (laughs) It's possible that Johnson oversaw the assassination of both of them, of Robert and uh, John F. Kennedy. You know, it's that Johnson was sworn in as president. Hubert Humphrey. Okay, so Johnson wasn't running for re-election. Nope. But Johnson was sworn in as president like a half an hour after Kennedy was killed. It was it was amazingly fast. Well, he was dead. It was pretty clear that he was yeah, dead. It, yeah, but still, there were, you would think there would be a little bit of decorum, maybe like the next day. Like, the country's going to be fine without a well, president. They don't, no, they don't think that way. They really, that's, not the <laughs> I, way the, that's not the way the procedures go, yeah. And may, maybe they felt like it was an emergency situation and we better get No, that's somebody. the way they treat it all the time now. Right. Yeah, and maybe that was when they were starting to do that because they had nuclear footballs and things to, <clears throat> in, ca- in case Russia launched an attack in the... Right. In the interim, somebody needed to be able to give the commands to nuke them. Well, should we start predicting instead of talking about the past? He who controls the past controls the present and then controls the future. 
That's true. But I so did. I did anyway. We did. Do, go listen to Doctor Malone. Also, Peter McAuliffe is a good listen. And if 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 what these guys are saying is true, we're in big trouble. Yeah. We. If you were to search for mass formation psychosis, which was something Doctor Malone brought up, kind of a phrase the, he yeah didn't coin, but he's definitely brought it back to the yeah. In the last couple of days, there was a Google note that they were they were working on the results because it was a new topic. Did you see that? Yeah, I think I, did I show you a screen grab or like these, these change, these, these results are changing rapidly. Yeah. No, it's just that their algorithm couldn't keep up with it and they're trying to manually censor that, the topic. That was a glitch in the matrix moment because Google doesn't, Google doesn't wait for a keyword to appear what their algorithm is supposed to do is find content that matches those keywords and it always has right so we had a, a glitch in the matrix there where google basically said <laughs> don't look at the man behind the curtain <laughs> right. hold on while i formulate my response right well in mass formation psychosis is the perfect phrase to describe the last two years it's perfect. And M- Malone's kind of an interesting character, isn't he? He comes from, he was an academic, then he went to work for the Department of Defense. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of an insider. I mean, he's, he's said he's worked with Fauci for years. He's know, he knows all these guys. In a sense, he's a little bit of a whistleblower. Well, he said he was the only one in that circle who didn't have a financial motive, and hence that was probably the reason that he was speaking out on the Joe Rogan podcast, which, by the way, has a larger audience than like CNN and MSNBC combined. Right. Which is why this is such a turning point here over this, over this uh, holiday. You have Kennedy's book is number one in the country. Yeah, and that's why you brought up RFK Jr. Yeah. The book is called... The Real Anthony Fauci. Right. <clears throat> yeah, we linked to that last time, I think. So anyway, this will be an inter- interesting episode because I think uh, Truman, when he was making his predictions and Whitaker and whoever else out there who was kind enough to give us some predictions, they uh, didn't have the benefit of the events of the last week. Now, they did have the benefit of knowing a little bit about Dr. Or about Dr., about uh, RFK Jr.'s book, but the, the Malone thing is evidence of, of a tipping point, like uh, more evidence of a tipping point, I think. Uh, the RFK book was published by Simon, Simon & Schuster. They're a big publishing house, and so I wonder if this is... Uh, I wonder if there's some premeditated shifting here going on the, uh, in the oligarchy. But uh, not, let's, let's, not get, let's not get the cart ahead of the horse here. We have to start with the predictions from the Babylon Bee, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Okay, so as we were talking about doing our predictions episode that, this morning, and, I conveniently found... Because I don't want Dimitri to yell at us. Put that microphone... You're talking into the side of it. So okay. turn it... I got to turn it to yeah. face me? Yeah, there you go. Like that? Yeah. If I keep my head right here, will I get a kink in my neck? I don't know, yes. but, but people will be able to hear you. <clears throat> sorry about that, listeners. <laughs> Actually, I'm not really sorry. Yeah, okay, Bab- Babylon B has uh, how many predictions are here? It doesn't matter. We don't have but to they, read, they, read them all. They, they put them even, on the days that they're yeah, going to they, happen. They even go, <laughs> they say on January 1st, which has already happened, USPS will deliver your Christmas package. <laughs> These guys are really, I mean, 
surprisingly rational. Like these, the funny thing about the Babylon Bee is that, well, number one, the New York Times, I think it was, had to concede that they were satire when using them to deep to de- as a debunk source to 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 say look at the look at the right look at look at the people that don't agree with with us the babylon bee is saying all these outlandish things i think it turns that, out they've always been a satire website i think the new york times got punked f- fooled i don't think they realized it i, I mean think- they're blithering idiots i guess over there i guess january 6th second insurrection insurrection attempt canceled yeah, these are just great predictions. January 20th, Pfizer unveils booster shots four, five, six, seven, and 8. That's funny because just today, uh, FDA, quote unquote, is approving the boosters for kids. <laughs> like, well, the idea with humor, for, for those of you that are statist okay, jerks. There was a word that I wanted to put in there. <laughs> for the, those of you that are statists without a sense of humor, the reason humor works, sometimes the reason it works like exceptionally well is because it has a hint of truth. Or and sometimes it's not just a hint. January, in this case, it's not just a hint. January 21st, men break every record ever held by women. January 22nd, Harvard Gender Studies professor discovers five new pronouns. <laughs> the tw- you got to read the 23rd one. January 23rd, Babylon B discovers a third conservative joke. <laughs> this is one of my favorites. January 27th, Mark Zuckerberg finally learns how to smile with his eyes. They, they have three different dates this year where Obama releases another memoir. So that's yeah. got to be pointed out. But yeah, Zuckerberg, apparently, if, you, if you've ever looked at Zuckerberg, he does He's, seem to... He is an android. You, he reminds you of data on... Um, yeah. Star Trek. His face is not real. He's not a real human, or he's a he's augmented somehow. He's <laughs> weird. It's weird. He's probably putting a ton of face cream on to try to keep that body looking nice for the the whole transcendence thing. March first, Bill Clinton plants the flag on brand new Epstein Island. You missed J- February second. January sixth, committee finally catches your grandma. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's so many of these that are so good. China officially annexes the United States on February 26th, and then Bill Clinton plants the flag on the Epstein Island, the new right. one. Right. Then another Obama memoir. Oh, 25th of March. Meat is outlawed, replaced with delicious bugs instead. <laughs> right. Man dressed as woman hailed as first woman to not complain about being cold. <laughs> April 19th. You heard it first at the Babylon Bee. <laughs> on August 15th <coughs> on August 15th the only child to be named Brandon for the entire year is born that's good that, that's very prescient and then Jen Psaki becomes Ben Psaki which is probably not far from probably not the likely October 11th Ted Cruz finally gets to spend a week in Cancun yeah uh, yeah November 17th, Republicans bravely squander control of Congress. Yeah. And of course, December 31st, Jesus returns. Right. They've got their finger on the pulse. Well, look at that. You have to, uh, you have to set... Je- December 30th sets up January 31st. Pretty good. December 30th, Gal- Ghislaine Maxwell's black book leaked will be released in January. 
December 31st, uh, Jesus oh, okay. Returns. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I didn't even get that one. Her black book. If you haven't been following the Ghislaine Maxwell trial, she was found guilty on five of the six counts of nefariousness. It opens up a lot of questions, right? Okay, she's guilty of all this stuff. Who right, but now it's been memory was involved. Hold. Was it just her and, and her boyfriend Jeff involved? Like, which that wasn't her only boyfriend. What about her boyfriend Bill and Bill and, and Prince Andy? Bill? <laughs> right, it brings up a lot of questions that I don't think are going to get answered. I think they're just going to yeah, they're just black hole memory hold us, and we will never hear from about it again. Yeah, and the records and things were sealed from the trial. So are you making a prediction there that are we starting our our predictions? Well, what do you want to predict on? Well, let me get, I'll give you my first prediction. I don't know if we've spent enough time just shooting the breeze here cuz I think I'm getting mixed feedback on that. Some of the listeners like that, other listeners they don't comment, so <laughs> they must like it then. <coughs> okay. 2022 is an election year. Midterm elections. That's the big one, right? Right. So I think what we're going to see, and we're already starting to see I don't it, think this is even like a necessary prediction. We're, go- we're going to see the massive uh, reversal of a lot of COVID stuff. And it's not just going to be that the stuff is going away or that it's being stopped, you know, like closures and social distancing. They're going to tell us they've always believed that masks were ineffective. They've always known that lockdowns hurt people more than they help people. They've always known these things. Who? Who? The individual candidates for Congress? <coughs> oh, the media is going to run the cover stories. The media is going to run the stories? Yeah. CNN has a story right now that says that, hey, uh, you know, obesity can lead to bad outcomes with COVID, which is something that people have been saying for a long time and being banned and ridiculed. So they're all of a sudden going to get contemplative. And be like, oh, yeah, maybe you've got a point there, Dr. Malone. No, they're not saying it that way. They're just saying it as if it's brand new information, like they discovered it. Okay, so, I so think they'll that's, take credit I, for I think it. what they're going to, because they, at this point, I mean, 2022 is going to be a, a bad year for a lot of Democrats, I think. Or a lot of pro-lockdown, any, any politicians, Republican or Democrat, pro-lockdown, pro mask pro all of these like restrictions and people are sick of it people are sick and tired of this crap and the only <laughs> unfortunately the only recourse people have or feel they have is the election booth which we get to go to every two years and pretend to change society so I think all the listeners are dying to know, do you think that the Republicans are going to take back control of Congress, Senate and House? Let's get really specific here. I think so. I meant to, and I didn't because I was staying up too late, getting super, super just partying so hard for New Year's. But I was going to look up the actual seats available, right? The, the senators that are up for re-election, mm-hmm. the congressmen, and I didn't do it. Okay, but I think we'll just make a just make a blank prediction here, like a shot in the dark. Yes, both because it's not just COVID; it's the economy's garbage. The 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 I don't see how the Republicans don't pick up at least one Senate seat. The Biden administration has been for 
for by all measures, it's been a disaster. Whether you like him or not, whether you voted for him or not, you can, I don't think you can objectively, unless you're Barbara Streisand, who said that his economy is the greatest economy in 40 years. And I started thinking about that. I thought, well, first of all, it's Barbara Streisand. She's probably an idiot, certifiable. But what if she's not? And what if she actually thinks this is good? And I think a lot of people on the left, on the statist side of things, believe that bad economies are actually good because it gives them more power. But yes, I think the Republicans will take the Senate. Is the Senate tied? Is it is it yes fifty fifty right now? Like literally fifty fifty. Yeah, yeah, and I think they'll they could pick up a couple there. Um, and then I think in the House they could they could potentially take the House back. Something that people don't talk about is that in 2020, Republicans picked up a bunch of seats in the House in, 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 a, in a bunch of elections that did not reflect the winner of the presidential election, which was an, an, another anomaly. Because usually the presidential ticket will trickle down, right? Right. There'll be a, a coattails effect. Uh, but uh, yeah, I I think, yeah, I think the Republicans end up with both houses, and I don't think that necessarily that's necessarily a good thing. The Republicans in power have proven to be idiots. Well, that's why I think we get to talk. We got a lot of uh, nuance to talk about here in our predictions episode. Just wanted to point out, uh, Jonathan Turley wrote an article. He's uh, the constitutional scholar that everybody in the statist crowd hates, but used to love. He uh, was a former contributor to CNN and all these other shows until he came out in favor of reason surrounding the the Trump impeachment stuff. He has a an article where he's saying he's skewering the media for calling 2021 a scandal-free year. Well, it's like after Obama scandal-free scandal-free Biden administration. The media celebrates a year of free from a they, year of free from politi political scandal and press scrutiny. They said the same thing when Obama finishes eight years, a scandal-free presidency. And it's like, what? <laughs> he had a scandal every month. Yeah. And so, uh, uh, oh, Biden's first year has been nothing but scandal, nothing but disaster, just incompetence. It's been a joke. Right. Turley points out three big scandals, aside from like several minor scandals. The three big ones were the Hunter Biden laptop, which relates to the Biden family influence peddling, and then the Ashley Biden diary, mm -hmm. which all would have made massive news if these were if you had put Trump instead of Biden. Oh, for sure. So, yeah. Well, anyway, um, so that was in the past. <laughs> so you're you're looking at a year of narrative adoption here. If you can't beat them, join them type of stuff. No, I don't think it's even, I, don't, I think what they're going to do is just act like what they said in the past never happened. Not like, they're not going to concede anything. They're going to be like, oh, you know what? That Great Barrington Declaration was actually right. Or, oh, you know, all you anti-vaxxers, sorry. Yeah, but you if, you can't, it right. if you can't beat them, join them has to do with like taking over the narrative from somebody else as if you were already part of it, I think. That's the way I see. 
Right. What they're going to do is do it as if sort of a carpet bagging. They type always of thing. believed all of this stuff. And you're crazy. You're crazy if you think that we ever thought masks work. Well, what about this tweet and that tweet and that tweet and that statement and that statement? What? No, we always, they're just, the power that, that they have or think they have, they don't ever have to go back and correct the record. How does that serve their purposes if they do that? Well, they're going to try to win these elections. You think that's their only reason here? No. Because I think it's no. within, I think that what they fully intend is to see the, the Republicans gain control. That could be in the part of the intention too, right? And we talked about this with the Trump election 2020, so they could pin out all of this bad news that was coming down the road on him and his supporters. They still kind of pin it on him and his supporters. But yeah, I, I, it's possible and likely that it's time to ratchet things up. I don't see the economy getting any better without massive Truman, a- adjustments. Truman pointed out um, last <coughs> time we spoke, the SPARS, I think it's mm-hmm. called SPARS uh, war game scenario at Johns Hopkins. Which, which was Why in, is it Johns Hopkins? I, I don't know. I was going to look that Does he own up. the Hopkins? There's not an apostrophe. Just John with an S. So the Johns and the Hopkins? Like there's multiple Johns and multiple Hopkins? Is there an apostrophe well, on Hopkins? No. Okay. So these are just plurals. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe his name is Johns. That's weird. They have a, they have a good lacrosse program. That makes some sense. <laughs> <laughs> Strangely. Okay. Well, yeah, the Spars thing points out that... And that was made in 2017. That was created in 2017. <clears throat> right. And these, uh, these war game scenarios seem to have a strange way of playing out. So... One of the things that they brought up in that was that there was going to be backlash from the vaccine damage. Right. And they were, de- how, to, how to deal with vac- uh, vaccine adverse effects. It's like, the, it's like the event 201 thing between the Gates Foundation and the non-governmental organizations of the UN was sort of a ready, set, go playbook for how we, how we launch this thing into overdrive you know, how to take control of media and stuff. And, but maybe the Johns Hopkins scenario was more of a measured overview of what the whole thing would re- actually play out like. What do you think? Yeah, it could have been. I mean, you, you've got people, you've got, there's a, there's a, I'm looking at this headline on Zero Hedge. It says, the mainstream media is losing the fight of its life, all thanks to Joe Rogan. Well, the, the media, as we've talked about, the media is a PR arm of the oligarchy. And I think we're, we're coming up on, I feel like we're, we're walking along, you know what a hog's back ridge is? Or a razorback ridge? Right, this is uh, a high mountain ridge where it's basically cliffs on both sides. Yeah, it? you've got a narrow little bit that you could walk along and if you you fall it doesn't matter which side you fall down you're going to fall down yeah i feel like we're all walking on this narrow ridge on one side is continuation of you know the current trajectory on the other side 
I don't know. Maybe war, maybe lots of war, like big time war. I and my, we're trying my, to <clears throat> navigate along this, and not too far away is a safer terrain. But standing in between us, you know, got wind and mm-hmm. terrain, and maybe a big troll with teeth and fangs standing there guarding the safer terrain. The powers that be don't want that safer terrain. They want to teeter us one way or the other. Right. Right. I, yeah. And so the reason I bring that up with this Joe Rogan headline, I haven't read that article, but they, they understand that in many regards, the oligarchy is losing the fight. Uh huh. Again, we don't talk about it in mainstream American press. There are big time, big time protests all over the world. In Holland, over the weekend, they were beating up their citizens again. Did you see those videos? Yeah, sticking attack dogs on them and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. It's really appalling stuff. And we're not talking about that, you know, Wolf Blitzer is too busy talking about the danger to democracy that January 6th represented. Well, to talk about the, the way that democracies all over the world are falling, falling right be- before our eyes. When I say democracies in the sense that a free, free, free peoples, not because like, democracy, the word has gotten so twisted. Mostly when you hear it in the United States, it just means statism. It's just a, it's a dangerous. It's incredibly dangerous to our democracy. Really means it's incredibly dangerous to our statist power oligarchy structure. Right, right. I agree. Um. Well, I want to say, I'm not, I'm not necessarily trying to nail you down here, but uh, hey, we're predicting. I'm trying it's to, a, well, account- we're, we're doing it real time, right? I'm, form- I'm, form- I'm formulating my opinion real time here because things, I mean, things, I, I have been thinking about this changing. for a few days. Yeah. Things are changing though. Like I watched the whole Malone Rogan interview mm-hmm. and I bought the Fauci book just to buy the Fauci book. Yeah. I need to pick that one up. Just to help it stay number one. And as and for reference material, it's interesting because Fauci is not Fauci. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. He's a socialist type. He's a, a traditional. I'd call him a twentieth-century Democrat. You know, prototypical sure. Democrat. And he has authored books on climate change, or co-authored books, or allowed people to use his name for that. Maybe written the introduction to. Which demonstrates, I think, a lack of understanding. If you're into if you're into the climate change thing at all, th- that's just a trap from the oligarchy to to take over. Essentially, everyone's lives at the level of energy creation rather than at the level of the medical doctor's office type of thing. Yeah, which is why the Babylon Bee jokingly says things like "meat will be banned," and they're not just pulling that out of their butts. Like, there's a movement to vastly massively decrease the consumption of meat because they think cows are ruining the planet it just goes to show you can't put your faith in any one person like an rfk or an rfk jr right right he's charismatic he he's done a lot of great work in my opinion relative to children and the vaccine damage that these multinational pharmaceutical companies have done over the last 20 years as they try really hard to force Depopulate the earth. Yeah, force maybe force depopulate is the right word, but their 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 track record shows that they've been forcing vaccines into countries and onto people 
where it's kind of unnecessary. You know, they've just been, it's argue, even if you come from the vaccines are good camp, it's like arguably enough is enough. Like we got right. the MMR, we got the right. polio Let's, vaccine, we got the, um, you could, you could, you know, they think that tetanus. Va- they think like people like Bill Gates think that vaccines are the linchpin to global health. No, I don't think they think that. I think that the, the 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 history, and this is what RFK Jr. demonstrates, and why he's dedicated his life to the fight with his children children's health defense. I think it's because it's pretty clear that they're not interested in health. They they are interested in depopulation and hurting people, right. and mass medical experiments, and all kinds of things, bioweapons. Right, because if they did care about health, the outcome would be would, dramatically different. They they wouldn't be so focused on vaccines. They'd be focused on clean water, food economic change. Right, and they wouldn't be focused on vilifying everyone that stands in their way, which is what right. the, they leave a wreckage, and that's what his book is about, is the trail of wreckage left behind Bill Gates and Anthony Fauci and their cohorts' activities over the last 20 years. That's right. what it is. And so it's interesting because you see RFK Jr. here, who's a traditional Democrat, we'll call him, 20th century Democrat. His book was reviewed by Joel Skousen, who's a local... He's a nephew of Cleon Skousen, if you're Mormon and you know him. He was former president of the Conservative National Committee a long time ago, I believe, or, or some conservative group. Uh, I, I can't remember exactly, so forgive me on that one. But he's a dyed-in-the-wool Cleon Skousen, Ezra Taft Benson conservative, which is pretty dang conservative. And he did a review of Fauci's book. So they have differences of opinion on certain subjects, but he did a review of it and he's like, yep, 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 right, 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 right. right. Read his book, buy his book, you know. This, it's, well, I think uh, I bought it for reference material. Je- Jeffrey for, Tucker. For its, for its values as reference. Jeffrey book. Tucker, who we've referenced a lot on this show, I think is, has also kind of done the same thing. Like this book is remarkable. It's fascinating. It's incredible. And it's, it's the number one bestseller in right. the United States right now and has been for the last three weeks. And so... But but my 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 point here is that it was published by Simon and Schuster, and they're allowing it to happen now. The New York Times did downplay it; they had to take it off of its top spot and act like it was just in the top fifteen or something. Right. There's, there's been some some finagling there, but I, I think Amazon's still listed as number one. Well, it's really I mean, we're coming up on almost a what was when did the first batch of Fauci emails leak? It was like in June or July, right? Fauci, Fauci, multiple times, Fauci has been set up to be the scapegoat. And for, for whatever reason, he persists. He continues to go on the morning, the Sunday morning shows where he contradicts what he said the week before. There was a Babylon Bee article headline that said Fauci gets into vicious debate with 20 different versions of Anthony Fauci. But for whatever reason, he's been allowed to persist and to continue on despite scandals. And the same thing happened to him in the 80s, right? He, he was no Boy Scout clean. You know, he, he likes to think of himself as, a, as an AIDS hero. But it, what he did back then was quite controversial and scandalous. And yet he kept his job then and continued on to sort of fester for 25 years, doing a lot of research in China. He had a slip of the tongue, Fauci did. He says, we've collaborated with Chinese uh, scientists. (laughs) So for some reason, this guy Fauci is like Teflon. He just sticks 
around. Yeah. I guess Teflon is the, their selling point is that it doesn't stick. <laughs> so nothing sticks to, to Fauci. He just stays. He's, he's like duct he, tape. He's just here. And yeah, and I don't and understand. I don't understand. I mean, and, and, and I think at this point, if he were to get fired or whatever, I mean, the guy's in his 80s. He's, he's, there wouldn't be, it wouldn't be that big of a deal for him to be the fall guy at this point. Yeah, he's indestructible. But that's the question, though, is, you know, why? How? What's so great about him? What does Fauci know that has kept him around? Well, RFK Jr.'s book is still listed as the most sold nonfiction book this week, and it was the last several weeks. So Amazon is allowing it, and they are clearly part of the oligarchy. Yeah. So that 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 is the one thing that's sticking in my craw here when you say the media is going to pivot. Um, are they going to hang Fauci out to dry? The the I don't think it's I don't found- think they're I don't think they're late to the game is what I'm saying. I don't think that they I don't think that they're doing it unintentionally or because they're being forced to, which is what a lot of the people who are watching this this shift happen right now are saying. They're saying, oh, the media is going to have to have to come to the table with some truth because capitalism has worked and people like Rogan have forced this out into the discussion. And I'm I'm saying I don't I don't know. Simon and Schuster could have shut RFK Jr. down. They could easily Ron Paul him. They could easily they, they could, could easily have. black him out. They're making a lot of money, though, off of it. Yeah, but it's not all about money. They all pr- they print the money. Right. We've talked about this, Bobby. Come on. We've well, talked about this. Uh, Simon and Schuster prints the books. Traditional printing, <laughs> traditional printing is on live support anyway. Traditional publishing, and so I, I don't know. You're right though. It's like it's like the Corona Circus guy. Why? Why are they doing it? Why are they doing who, it now? Who? Why? And why now? Right. So, but Fauci, Fauci's small. He's a small fry in the big scheme of things. Like if he goes down, it's not like all of a sudden. The coronavirus circus is just going to disappear, right? It's not like it's somehow all the restrictions are just going to go away, and we all say, "Well, that was, that was dumb." Wow, what what were we thinking? Because there's <coughs> this stuff. This stuff has existed and has kind of taken on a life of its own. But they could, he could be the symbolic end of it all as they move on to the next thing, which let's, this might be a good time to bring up Whitaker's prediction on the website. Okay, go ahead. Whitaker says, here's a prediction for 2022. He wrote this on December 18th. So here's a prediction for 2022, a skirmish or all out war with China over Taiwan. Probability of this happening is low in my mind, but it's all I can think of to win a shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Um, if if the design if the plan is to get republicans in charge you could conceivably have a uh, republican cohort joined by a bunch of traditional democrats let's let's remember that you know people like john kerry and hillary clinton were just as hawkish as as, as dick cheney but if they were if if we're thinking war with china like hot war over 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 Taiwan is a good prediction I think. Taiwan is right in the middle of all of this. Then having Republicans to blame it on could be could be a good thing. 
for Republicans to orchestrate it. Um, but I think Whitaker's on to something. I think Taiwan's going to be in the news a lot this next year. And so maybe they're getting ready to sort of sunset. They, I think they've got what they need from coronavirus in the sense that all of these mechanisms are now in place to lock us down, to make us show papers, to get into events. They have, they have all the foundations here in the West now for a social credit system, basically. So they could sunset the virus itself. Omicron is supposedly this mild version of it. They could say, oh yeah, we, we're in, entering that time of year where cases are going to start dropping. You're also, having, you're also having people, even Fauci, start to admit that hospitalizations with and from and all of this shenanigans with the counting and, ca- and the way they've counted cases, hospitalizations, and deaths. See, uh, Pepe Le Pew here, thanks again for the eggnog. He pointed out on the very next episode, which is December 28th, he said this is his prediction for 2022. Democrat control states and at a federal level, Uh, relative to executive branch presidential mandates, they will ease their COVID restrictions. So he's saying the Democrats are going to ease their COVID restrictions because it's an election year to help out Democrats running for re-election in Congress. The excuse will be that they're able to predict the virus's behavior due to science, or or I think he's kind of tracking with what you're saying. they've, They've now, it's like, now we know enough about this virus, but the, so they ease their control, but I think the corollary to that is what you're pointing out is that they don't ever let off of the, the control mechanism. They, 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 yeah, they maintain they can, the control mechanism to use it for whatever they want. Like I've said repeatedly, climate lockdowns are coming. But that could be substituted for anything. We could get locked down for another virus. We could get locked An down. Outbreak of Africanized killer bees. Right. For um, you know, an assassination or even an assassination attempt. We could be locked down in certain parts of the country and the big cities are always going to be easier to control. He points out the the difference between democrat controlled states or cities and then the rest of the country, right? Which is which I think is a really good point, which is what you just said is that they those groups of people have been well conditioned in the last 2 years to be turned on a dime. Like right. they just are getting jerked around like no other. Well, I think if you live in a big city you know, you're like a downtowner type. You you may not have your own vehicle. You may eat a lot of your meals at little cafes and and places where it's really super easy to make lots, you dependent people, on these things. It's easy for the police to stop by and, and pick on any one so person. You, yeah, and you shut down. <coughs> by the way, this uh, cough is starting to get a little better. I found a lingering Omicron. I found a uh, I found a, a very reliable internet source that suggested some things that I'll tell you about off air that I've been trying. Okay, off air. It has to do with rum and eggs and oh, okay. nog. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, it's easy to it's easy to 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 it's really easy to make a city dweller completely dependent on you if you're the government, right? Because you just take away the is, you know, it was a little harder out here in more rural areas, not because like we're farmers or anything, but just you, you just have more. I think you have more options. It's easier for us to jump in the truck, and you know, there 
Utah County, which is a county in the state of Utah, for years they've they don't <laughs> they don't uh, exist as much anymore. They've eased off on them, but for years had really strict alcohol uh, rules and laws. One of them was that you couldn't sell alcohol on Sundays. And I, I remember I uh, that's I w- breaking the Sabbath, Bobby. <laughs> well, what you'd have is people from Salt Lake County. Or, or people from Utah County, drive to Salt Lake County. Who, who wanted their beer on Sundays would just drive up to Salt Lake County, which it, depending on where you live in Utah County is not very far at all. You know, you drive just over the hill and into Salt Lake County, go to the grocery store, grab your whatever and come back home. I remember walking into a Smith's, that's a local Kroger brand, Smith's grocery store here in Utah County. I guess I just gave away our location. The Intermountain West. Over there in the Utah. crossroads <laughs> of the West. And <laughs> it, was, it was on a Sunday because the ox was in the mire. <laughs> the ox is at the crossroads and of the Intermountain West. It wasn't enough that they just couldn't sell the beer on Sundays, right? I'm walking down the, the aisle and, you know, they, have, they always keep the beer cold, but not always the soda. No, the soda is left Left out in the cold. But it wasn't enough that they just weren't going to sell you it. They had these big cardboard barricades like set into the coolers, you know, the aisles. So you couldn't even look at it. Couldn't even look at it. (laughs) (laughs) And on the cardboard was printed like Utah Utah County law law. prohibits. Yeah. And I just thought, I guess, I guess they probably have people bringing them up bringing it up to the register and then having to go put it back. But they could put that a sign, you know, a small sign. It didn't have to be a... Well, I think it saves them actual time and money because there's right. a lot of people that were buying beer or trying to buy beer on Sundays. Right. Anyway, I, I uh, don't remember where, why we got onto that, but... We're talking about control. Right. So it's easier to... Anyway, what I'm saying is it's, it's harder to control people who can move about their areas. Because those people in Utah County who wanted alcohol on Sundays could just drive to another place. Now, right. if in downtown, if you live in a, in a bigger city and the whole city's got that ordinance or law and you don't own your own car, or even if you do, I mean, it's, it's, you ever try to drive in a big city? It's kind of a nightmare. On Sundays, it's easier. A little bit easier. But it's, a, it's really easy to control a, a bigger city. I mean, look at New York City. Like, the COVID restrictions are out of control. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And the city's suffering for it. Oh, absolutely. For sure. Well, th- thanks, guys, for those predictions. I want to get to uh, uh, Truman's prediction here. More variants. Comirnaty, which is the brand name of the Pfizer vaccine sold in other countries, a lot of people don't think that that will be. Do you think they'll be able to get that to pass FDA scrutiny here in the U.S.? I mean, they don't need it to. Well, they, not if they keep the emergency going. Yeah, the emergency. It, it's really interesting how the government is running cover for these pharmaceutical companies. They're advertising the vaccine. They're telling us they're the they're the drivers, telling us that it's safe and effective, and the media picks up the baton. Well, the, but they, 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 just, they just authorized these boosters, mRNA boosters for kids. So now kids can get the third shot if they haven't already. Sounds like you're kind of disagreeing, though, with um, Truman here. 
that and, and I think maybe Pepe does does disagree that the variant if if they have more variants this year, it's going to lead to more COVID nonsense that detracts from the election plan that you have outlined and he outlined. Yeah, I guess that's that's to point of departure, isn't it? A point of difference. Yeah, I guess I I, I guess we'll see if. <coughs> I guess we'll see if they continue on with the variants. I I think there's fatigue and people aren't, people are done. They're just not taking it seriously anymore. Now that contradicts what I've witnessed over the last couple of weeks where once again, you have testing lines hours long. Well, it's because they're required to get tests to do certain things. Some people are, but not enough to have a. I mean, even even right so you here think in people Utah, people are testing because they're worried that they have it. The scare, the scare tactics are have been elevated. I saw a video. I think it was somewhere in Michigan where the it was a car testing. We get tested in your car, mm-hmm. and the cars were backed up for miles. Like, <laughs> well, this is what Doctor Malone, <coughs> Doctor Robert Malone, by the way, was one of the original inventors of the mRNA vaccine technology. He's on 10 patents from 1989, as per his own words. He's had multiple hit pieces taken out against him. Multiple, multiple uh, hits have been, you know, taken out against him in the uh, mainstream, mainstream media. media was it the Atlantic? People or? have tried to assassinate him. And Character assassinate. Well, <laughs> there have been doctors that have died over this in right. Germany. Right. So he, uh, by all account, by all rational accounts, this is a very formidable presence. And he was recently deplatformed off of Twitter, had decided prior to that to go on the Joe Rogan podcast. The day before he recorded the podcast was when he was banned, which is totally coincidental. Yeah, they were postulating on the podcast why he got dropped off of Twitter, and you make a good point there that he probably was banned because he was going on Rogan. Probably. That was it. That's a good point. Because that way he wouldn't be able to magnify the uh, the popularity of that podcast by posting about it on Twitter. But that creates the Barbara Streisand effect, which, as you all right. know, podcast listeners, is when when trying to cover something up backfires because you quote the, the internet <laughs> right well marjorie taylor and it spreads like wildfire green also got suspended who's she you she's a congress the... person she's very outspoken i don't she's know. out of georgia right yeah she's a republican <laughs> she's a very very trumpian conservative republican who just spoke her mind she she was uh she got into trouble early on because of her adamant views that they look into the election fraud and right. she just took that too far for her colleagues in the in the congress and they basically blacklisted her from all the committees and tried to make her look like a blithering idiot which sort of backfired because she seems like a very articulate yeah, I don't person. think she's a blithering idiot I don't I don't follow her or, or pay too much attention but she got banned and again you have elect duly elected officials are getting banned from Twitter, from including the, the sitting president of the United States. Yeah, let us at not the forget time. the sitting president of the United States was banned from Twitter. Meanwhile, the Chinese Communist Party enjoys Twitter freedom. Carte blanche. blanche. Uh, and of course, it's always in the name of misinformation. Misinformation, misinformation. Well, there's so much misinformation coming from official sources. I mean, there's videos compiling just, fa- just Fauci saying that you're not going to get sick with the vaccines. 
and, and, and this progression of him to where he's now saying, you need, you need more vaccines because the vaccines aren't working. And it's insane. It's insane what's, what we're witnessing in real time. Well, okay, so getting back to Truman here, he mentioned com- community. I can't remember what his prediction there was, but uh, they need, Dr. Malone pointed out that their emergency authorization, the things upon which all of these federal mandates are based, that emergency is expiring soon. I believe there's a two-year window, right? and we're about to hit it in March. So I'm not sure how that that figures into the discussion, but what? It, well, well, go continue. Finish your thought. Well, the the thought was that uh, and this is what I'm getting to because I think Truman made an astute point. He mentioned the sparse 2025 thing and the event 201 thing. So the first one was the Johns Hopkins str- uh, strategy war game. What do you call it? Simulation from 2017 was called Spars 2025. And then Event 201 was the one they ran in 2019 between the Bill Gates guys and the uh, World Health Organization, etc. He mentioned the vaccine injury aspects of that. He, sa- he said that he thought there would be more censorship, that they would continue the controlled de- demolition of the economy, and he likened the situation to a castle siege. He also did boldly say he thought the court cases opposing the mandate would fail 100% at the Supreme Court. Do you agree with that? I, I, uh, yeah, I could see that happening because the Supreme Court has been utterly unreliable when it comes to matters of human rights and liberty. Just completely unreliable. Okay. So he mentioned the castle siege. I am going to go out on a limb and disagree with Truman here that the cases will fail. The mandate cases will fail. Okay. I uh, th- and this is the basis of my prediction. Dr. Malone's podcast was excellent with Joe Rogan, okay? Everybody should go listen to it. This guy is incredibly articulate. And Joe Rogan, for a lot of people want to make him out to be this meathead, uh, m- mixed martial arts comedian. Drunkard. He's a comedian. Drunkard comedian. The guy is very astute. He asks really intelligent questions. You can tell that he's studied. You can tell he's worried about COVID. Like they won't let anybody into the office without testing. He had it supposedly, but. Yeah, I think most of their little staff has had it. And and I'm not sure if he's doing that just so he can continue to operate, but they've maybe, kinda, maybe. But they do. They do a lot of testing. He they test for antibodies. For his, he may be doing it for his guests because he has big name people on who are definitely mainstream right. or were mainstream. You know, he has people who have a wide variety of opinions on he had alex jones on which was multiple times which i think his first one was the most highly watched podcast ever right in the history of the world his alex jones episodes are incredible right (laughs) they're incredible you know and what's funny is that joe rogan just came into came into his own as like the biggest podcaster ever but alex jones in his own right, has a mass, had and does have a massive audience. Before he was deplatformed from YouTube, he was perhaps the biggest voice on the internet, he's, which he's, was in 2018, I think. Jones is definitely a huge pioneer in the self-made internet radio podcast. You would have before to before we called him podcasts. You know, he had his own online radio show. He'd get on yeah. there every day and talk for ten hours. Yeah, he he's basically pioneered the the internet broadcasting sphere he turn on the frogs gay (laughs) 
<laughs> I think I don't I don't want to say he was bigger than Drudge, but there was a point there. Now, Drudge Report has lost all relevancy, by the way. If you're still looking oh, yeah, at Drudge gone. Report, they're, they're like, gone. They're just totally gone. Status crazy, alarmist, whatever. He, he just lost it after Trump got elected. He turned on Trump fairly quickly, which was funny because he was a big factor in Trump being elected, I think, because at the time, in 20, up through 2016, Matt Drudge was setting the news cycle. There's some speculation that he sold out to advertising interests. That's a high possibility. But they, yeah, I, I check in every once in a while, but all, all he's doing is promoting the latest fear porn. My guess is they, he was a big check was waved, waved in front of him. He was tired. He took the money. I don't even think he's involved. He's a recluse, right? He's like, a, right. No, nobody, he's a very private person. It's not even his, his, his real name, is it? I don't know. I'm guessing whoever was behind that took the money, retired from the site. Look, the guy's courageous. He broke the Monica Lewinsky thing when nobody would, right? Back in the 90s. Right. So I, and, and he did a great job for many, many years there. So I'm not trying to rip on Matt Drudge, whoever that is. Zero Hedge is sort of the new Drudge Report. Zero Hedge is the new Drudge Report. If you're still watching Drudge Report, sorry, dad whoever out there <laughs> that has gone by the wayside and maybe maybe zero hedge tyler durden is matt, matt drudge, drudge. <laughs> hmm interesting huh well anyway uh <laughs> going back to this thing i don't think the court cases are going to fail because of the the point that uh, Bobby, not that Bobby, but the, that Truman brought up before that, he said, controlled demolition of the economy like a castle siege. The castle siege is a really good analogy here. We are under siege, but the, but it's first the mind. The, we're, we're having our minds broken. And to re, I want to relate this to the Malone podcast because he, at, towards the end of it, they talk about mass formation psychosis, which, again, is probably the highest searched term on the Internet right now that Google can't find, or at least a couple of days ago, couldn't, couldn't formulate any sort of a, of a response for you. So they had a little note that this was a rapidly changing sphere while while their hit pieces were created by the likes of Forbes cuz now now what what Forbes ha if you if you if you google search mass formation psycho psychosis don't you see first a Forbes article that says what is mass formation psychosis how to think about mass formation psychosis top stories top stories are yeah what is mass for formation psychosis Robert Malone makes covid nineteen vaccine claims on Joe Rogan's show see that's they, Forbes that's they want you to read this Forbes article because what does it it tell you it tells you what to think in fact they're so bold as to say what it is the second top story I'm yelling now <laughs> is, am, I, am I blowing the levels out Dimitri it's from the independent YouTube takes down anti vax Joe Rogan interview with Dr. Robert Malone who likened vaccines to mass psychosis. That's not what it's not he even did. what he said. Yeah. Not at all what he said. Yeah. And then and then he go on to a, <coughs> the non-news top results. There's and it, it, it's all so they people literally telling you picked. They they went in they handpicked. This is this is a word or a phrase that they have handpicked the results for. Because DuckDuckGo's DuckDuckGo's results, I think they rely on Bing, which is Microsoft, which is oligarchy. But their, their results will show you Dr. Malone's article first. But that you do have a lot of, uh, and, and I haven't clicked on these articles, but the next 
bunch of results are all have to deal with his statement, right? With Dr. Malone's statement. But, but I don't know if you click through, you know, it's interesting, like the fourth result or fifth result is at a website called 247sports.com. Like that's Google. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, I haven't, I haven't, click through to these to see if they're people trying to spin it or if they're people that are just playing it straight. See, if you, if you, if you type into Google, um, you know how they do the drop down of helper results? Yeah. I want you to go to Wikipedia. Right. It, it immediately puts you onto Wikipedia or mass formation theory instead of mass formation psychosis. And if you do, so you have to actually type it all the way out to get the links, and then they give you the Forbes and Independent Top stories to try and spin it. It's reminiscent of KSL back in the day when, when the, the CDC released the stats on how many people that had died actually had comorbidities, and it was like only a small percentage of people actually died directly from COVID. Most everybody had 2.6 comorbidities on average was the, what they, what they fa- found. Uh, KSL had it ran an article that said CDC study on comorbidities, what it means, right? <laughs> what, th- what should it mean to you? Like they were telling you how, how you should, or maybe they even said how you should think about this. Yeah, right. And that, that's become really common. Like and, what and, you should think about this, what you should know about that. And, uh, Dr. Malone brought it up and he, um, he was, he was clear. He, like he brought up an, he he linked to or he pointed out an article where they're literally telling you in in the context of mass formation psychosis what it means. So his Substack is the first link on DuckDuckGo right now. Maybe that'll get changed later. Yeah, his Substack doesn't even come up on the first page of Google. Of Google. So th- this that's again evidence of the glitch in the matrix right there. There you have it right there in front of you. So my my big prediction here, I think we're going to see economic collapse. I think we're going to not 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 necessarily the full blown, you know, all bets are off, people are shooting at each other type of collapse, but I think we're going to see the start of it. I think we're going to see conflict because this and and this mass formation psychosis and this Dr. Malone podcast forms the basis of my thinking here. This is a turning point. You are seeing a turning point. You you have he, he points out, and I think he rightly does, that 20 to 30 percent, two-thirds of the public, or sorry, one-third one of the public, right? 20 to 30 percent, maybe less than one-third of the public, has been adequately focused on a thing, coronavirus, to the point where they will not let go. And the media is going to have a hard time letting go of it, okay? You're saying they're going to kind of let go of it and they're going to shift. I'm going to say they're going to have a hard time doing that because they've been so committed to it. And... <laughs> And they have the most active cohort of statists, the people that, the people that circle around the bureaucracies and the people that dox other people, you know, for no good reason. The the do-gooders, the the trans supporters, the uh, the climate the climate denier shooters. That that cadre cadre of <laughs> um, there's a word of the day back in the day that those uh, those people have a significant influence on policy because they, they create this appearance that 80% of the country thinks like what this 20% of the people, 20, 20% of the country thinks. Okay. So what you're seeing is them, reality has detached. RFK Jr.'s book evidences that 
and the Dr. Malone podcast evidences that. These are symptoms. These are not, th- this is not the turning point of thought. This is the, the idea that the, the thoughts are so strikingly real. They're, they're, so, they're so good that they can't be, that they must be dealt with. And they, they end up on the Rogan podcast and they end up in RFK's book and the public at large gets a hold of it. But yet the Nazis, in our analogy here, they are unwilling to let go. The, I think this is the conflict or the avalanche. This is, this is the avalanche about to happen. You talked about it last year, but I think it's, it's a slow moving avalanche and we're really going to see it start to get going. If we're going to have the conditions occur where people are warring neighbor to neighbor, uh, as we've discussed in the Doctrine and Covenants, I'll see if I can find that, you need this type of a conflict between one reality, a false reality, and then a more, more ra- actual, more of an actual rational reality yeah. to, to develop. And we're seeing the turning point right now into that conflict. They, I think that's part of the castle siege. It's, and the siege, again, is against your mind. Sorry, go ahead and break in. No, I just, I've seen <clears throat> on Twitter and online and other places, even a little bit in real life, we've seen like, like that woman on the airplane, right? Well, I guess she's a former actress, but she, she assaulted this guy, right? She spit in his face, was screaming at him. She's an actress? She, she, uh, you think uh, she was paid to do that? Oh, I don't know, but I, I, she's a former actress from like the 80s. She was like a bit part. I think she posed in some magazines with not much clothing on. She's sort of this, by now no one cares who she is, right? She's, she's old and, you know, Hollywood standards, right? I'm talking about Hollywood standards. She's old and useless because <laughs> she couldn't really act. So she was just a pretty face. She appeared on Baywatch and things. Anyway. I, I was reading a Twitter thread today. This woman was saying that she hates anti-vaxxers. And then in the comments, people are saying, hate isn't even strong enough word. I want them to die. I hope they die. And it's... This was the lady? No, this friends? is this is ir- irrelevant to her. But okay, I'm saying sorry, she's... Sorry, I was reading Doctrine and Covenants. No, it's all right. She's, what I'm saying is that you have bubbling to the surface are these people that are openly hateful of the so-called anti-vaxxers. And I think they're just waiting for the green light to start killing people that they don't like. Whoever the, the, in the government could, maybe that's anti-vaxxers, maybe it's The most delicious else. of moral treats. Right. And I think that there are people that are deranged. A psychological luxury. So deranged and have their, psycholo- their psychology so scrambled that they will kill people and think they're doing God's work. Think they're doing the right thing. I killed my neighbor, my neighbor, he, I know for a fact, my neighbor didn't get vaccinated. I went over there and burned his house down and killed him and his family. I'm a hero. I think, I think, so I think you're right. I think we're on the precipice of that sort of behavior. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised to see the media clinging to, and then have clinging to this narrative and seeing the Democrats wildly crash here. 
but the, the the reason that's okay is because there's plenty of statist Republicans who will take it. Right. It, it, the, the Rogan thing demonstrates that truth is not a left or right issue. No, and it never has been. And he's been bringing together people from the left and the right, and he and Dr. Malone talk about it. Again, I highly recommend you well, watch Rogan's this Rogan's a traditional kind of Democrat, liberal type guy. Well, if you, I highly recommend you watch the podcast. Listen to Dr. Malone right. and this guy talking about it. And that's what, that's what I wanted to point out with uh, Skousen's book review of... I'm, I probably... F- failed to make that point. Joel, you've got Joel Skousen in his weekly brief. Truman forwarded me uh, a snippet of the comments. He went out, thanked, R, he pointed out that RFK is a traditional socialist and blah, you know, don't listen to him on climate change or whatever. So, but he went to, to, to approve of and agree with him on, on the book in almost every aspect of it. And so here you have your dyed-in-the-wool conservative and your dyed-in-the-wool traditional Democrats from the 20th century, both coming together on one thing, and that is the, the truth on coronavirus and on the vaccines is just out the window. Right. And you're also seeing these coalitions <coughs> form, form around, the, around human rights and human liberties. And there are people on the left and people on the right who still value those things. And they're coming together saying, we got to put aside our petty differences because our our literal freedom and liberty is in jeopardy, real jeopardy, probably the f- more so than I've ever witnessed in my life. So when you see the hints of this, when you see the hints of the media turning, I think it's I think that's to give ground to the to the truth people so that they can create the conflict between the perceived realities. Yeah, I think you, you could be right. I think also, I've used the phrase death throes. They're in their death throes. They're freaking out. They're... But that kind of sounds like they're going to go away. Well, And I've seen yeah, people right. say that the, the media is going to go, well, but CNN's reinventing itself. They have to, <laughs> they're going to have no relevance in the future if they continue to be as ridiculous as they have been. I don't know that they have any relevance now. They're, the 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 relevance they have now is being clipped and shared on social media and then lampooned. You do have people, you do have maybe a million people out there that are regular watchers, which is nothing, which is nobody. Which is right? everybody in an airport. Yeah. But, but a lot of times- And everybody in Congress off. and all of the bureaucrats. And a certain generation, right? The boomer yeah, but it's generation. All, but it's all the health departments. It's well, all the people that support I, the health departments. It's that yeah, the people I, that I have think, formed the mass formation psychosis. I think it's more specific for people in Congress and, and in health departments. I think they're getting literal marching orders. They're getting memos. They're getting emails from CDC. Yeah, but they're getting from, supported in their in their narrative. They can say, yeah, they can say, look at everybody believes what we believe. Exactly. Because That's the whole point because it's on CNN. It's right. on MSNBC. I was on Morning Joe. I was on the talk shows. I got all the accolades. Everybody's behind me. Oh, what? The polling's against us? Oh, yeah. When the... When Google was struggling to control the results for mass formation psychosis, they said, here's, here's, a, here's a result for mass formation psychosis. It says, it looks like these results are changing quickly. And then underneath it, it says, if this topic is new, it can sometimes take time for results to be added by reliable sources. Amazing. Amazing. And it's like Dr. Malone says, you know, well, Joe Rogan says to him, I mentioned that you were coming on to a friend 
And he says, oh, that guy's crazy. And Joe says, well, why? How, how is he crazy? Why is he crazy? And the guy had no response. Right. And it's just that he's been told by whoever that that guy's crazy. He's an anti-vaxxer. Yeah. That's what's happening, right? How many times over the last two years have we been told to listen to reliable sources and avoid uh, disinformation, conspiracy theories, and lies? Yeah. I mean, our governor, our bonehead governor, has said such over and over and over. Don't listen to the fringe people. Listen to me. Listen to the single sources of truth. I think we should name this episode Mass Formation Psychosis, but we have to put predictions. We'll do predictions on mass formation psychosis. Yeah, we got to cash in on that. we got to uh, cash in on it. On that term. Because apparently there's a bunch of open ground. <coughs> so, okay, here's it here. In the spirit of predictions, because we haven't predicted anything for a minute, I think that the... Well, I'm trying to explain my prediction. No, I know, I know. I, th- I think the war on misinformation is going to heat up. And, and again, in, it, in an effort to get us all to start shooting each other. Yeah, I think that's the ultimate goal. We've talked about that before. We talked about it last year. I don't think that's changed. They still want us to start hurting each other. That it says, it shall come to pass among the wicked that every man that will not take his sword against his neighbor must needs flee unto Zion for safety. That's the end punctuation mark summary overview of a long train of conflicts between neighbors. Okay, that's right. the for that to happen this this conflict I'm not saying that's going to happen this year. I don't right. think Jesus is coming on December 31st, <laughs> but he is coming and man is he pissed off, okay? He is pissed off because <laughs> well, obvious let him, let him speak his sermon. Yeah, obvious reasons. He can speak his sermons through the earthquakes and the fires and the and the uh, whirlwinds and all that stuff. But I have some opinions about why he's pissed off, which uh, save for another time. But a lot of it has to do with truth and and how how much of a mind prison is being presented to us here how, how, how en- little truth this, is being yeah, taught enter into this mind prison over here guys it, the, the 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 controllers are getting really good at jerking us around and getting us to do stupid things and think stupid things and and i don't think that they are all of a sudden getting bested by the likes of joe rogan spotify doesn't give the guy a hundred million dollar contract it, it, the way we know how they handle people they don't want to listen to that is they just frankly turn them off Mm-hmm. And so Rogan granted the Malone podcast. The Malone podcast did get deplatformed off of YouTube within a couple of days, right? But they let it stay for a couple of days. Well, and they did only clips because his contract doesn't allow his full episodes to be on YouTube anymore. That's where I used to watch Rogan. I watched the full thing on Rumble. Right. Somebody somebody, somebody posted just it. posted it there. Then Zero Hedge is probably given millions of views to to these outlets because of their right. presence but uh they they do link to the spotify does spotify do video or just audio with him they do video oh really because that was always part of rogan's kind of niche was he had it on it was video, video as well so i i would used to turn him on on youtube <clears throat> and uh listen while i was doing other things on the computer but he could also watch, and sometimes it's useful because he would have some visual aids, you know, some pictures. Well, it's kind that of they fun to watch to. him with their animated 
right. faces. And you get, and a, you get a feel. Feel for the people. You get a little feel, yeah, better feel for the guest and who they are and the way, their mannerisms. And, cause so that pe- was sort of a pioneering thing to do a podcast on video. Right. And so, it, I mean, he's been going for what, 10 years or something? Uh, probably, yeah. Yeah. But if you listen to, if you watch him on Spotify, there's a video there. Okay. Anyway, I, I think that this is part of the plan. I don't think that they're necessarily puppeteering every little point, but they're, they're guiding society, meaning they, the oligarchy, are allowing we, society to end in a certain point, which they want it to be conflict between the people because we're more easily controlled when we're divided. Right. Divide and conquer. It's age old. Yeah. We yeah. need to have another episode. We, we talked a little bit about last week with Truman about who is Mr. Global. I think that deserves a follow-up. I do too. Yeah. Who are they? Who are, who are they? Maybe Catherine Austin Fitz will find us right. if we do an a, a episode well, entitled Mr. Global just, and we'll say, Catherine, come be on our podcast. Yeah, we'll just tell her about us so we can just send her a note. That would be too bold. <laughs> I find that if you just wait for people to find you on the internet. They don't. They never find you. <laughs> I'm just one of 150 billion podcasts. For sure, you're going to stumble across me, right? If only we had listeners that shared our podcast. <laughs> Wait, was that? No. <laughs> well, okay, so... so jo- this it was ma- a joke. Was this a joke, mass so. formation psychosis is, su- is such an important concept that Google <laughs> found the time to treat it like they have... I mean, that's, that's a first there. That's the first time I've ever seen an obvious, you know, hey, hold on a second. We're, we haven't caught up with the narrative yet. Right. Let us, we got caught off guard. Wait for one moment while we fix this our sensors, search term. Our sensors were uh, off for New Year's Eve. Yeah, wait, wait for a minute while we fix this search term. And because uh, I think there, there, you can't have too much truth. You can't have the people who have formed the mass formation psychosis people who have formed the psychosis, I guess. You, you can't have them all waking up. You can't have too many of them wake up. And that's the problem with the truth, is the truth is powerful enough it could wake those people up. And well, it, it is waking people up. It's, it's happening. It's, it was right. slow at first, but it's happening right. faster and faster. Right, and that's why, I, that's why I think it gets to this point that the Doctrine and Covenants prophesies of, rather than a full-on tyranny like the oligarchy wants. What I don't think is going to happen, which, which is what I think a lot of good, well-meaning people, especially conservatives, think, is that the, the truth will, will come out, Fauci will get arrested, people will resign, public health officials, maybe some of them will get arrested and have to resign, right. and then it's just like rainbows and flowers and singing birds. See, we all go back to this, this, this situation. The way it was before. Yeah, or even better. And it's like, we're not getting to right. that point easily, if at all. There's conflict ahead. The thing I want to say is this. CNN, MSNBC, and even Fox News or KSL, which is the local propaganda outlet out here in Utah that's the most common. One of them. One of the, but it's the most powerful because of yeah. their, KS, their KSL classified ads section. They've got, <laughs> they've got a better web presence than the rest because they just happen to do free classified ads. Those guys are never, including Fox and KSL, they will never give you permission not to fear the coronavirus. Right. That's what the big problem is here. So, and what they're really doing is by saying you can never, you can never not 
fear the coronavirus. What they're really saying is you must always listen and obey to wise and thoughtful government leaders. Right. And so you'll have a, a segment of the, of the people out there needs the authorities to give them permission to, to not fear. And that's why I don't think we're going to have the type of reversal. Right. I'm not, maybe, maybe I'm not understanding fully what you think the reversal will be. I just don't think we're going to have the reversal in a, in a big enough way that they can take credit for all the new information. They may take credit for certain things. I don't, yeah, I don't think reversal is too strong a word. I think it's just phased out as they move into the next thing. But I, by the way, DeSantis, for all his faults or whatever, he is telling people in Florida, you don't need to fear this. And he's getting a lot of heat for that. He's Ron Death Santis. Oh, is that what they're calling him? Right. <laughs> but, but, but because, but you see when he says certain things, the, the statist, the media, they get super angry because he's not going along with the narrative. And so they get really mad about that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but reversal, reversal, it's not like they're going to come out and say we were wrong. We shouldn't have done that. No, any but if they had, if they were to adopt uh, a lot of what's being, you might see some. How do we think? How worse it would have been had we not done this? Now we know with two years of data, we know that masks are only effective if you wear them indoors on Sundays, on Sundays, <laughs> or while you're in line for food, but not while you're eating the food. I mean. Right. The, the, yeah, there, there's the likely to be some strange. The absurdity is so plain and obvious. Yeah, there's likely to be some <coughs> some very strange rationale that's pushed out as truth, like a like half half measures to kind of come halfway there, but maintain their power and their, the, maintain their the, controls. The, the real power comes from these mechanisms, right? The precedent has been set to, for lockdowns for other mass formation psychoses. What what can we be as a society? What can we be? Well, forced into doing that. I don't, I don't doing think they're going to let go of that. I mean, the vaccine people are too powerful. Oh, yeah. I don't think COVID is ever going to go away in the sense that they're going to continue to kind of keep it in the back of our mind, right? It's going to be, there's going to be this discussion that, okay, well, maybe kids shouldn't take it, but you all should take it. And is it okay for us as a private ent- entity to mandate it? Yeah. And, and maybe but not we're, even... We're not going to, we're not going to federally mandate it. I think it's going to f- fail at the federal level because of the Supreme Court cases, I'm, I'm going out on a limb there and predicting that, that the mandates will fail, but that the continue, there will be continued strife over it as you, as you uh, have a fight between the vaxxers and the anti-vaxxers appear, and that there will be more publicity given to the injuries because that creates the turmoil right. necessary for the fires and the riots and the, you know, you need people to be angry. You need them to be angry. Well, people are angry. <laughs> well, I, you need them to be more angry. But I think, I think right now, peop, the angriest people are on the status side. You don't, you don't, That's the point. You, there needs to be got, backlash like, like to that. Like the woman on the airplane is a good microcosm. She was the aggressor in that situation. The thing is, that it didn't originate from anything to do with masks. She wanted to get up to go to the bathroom or something and the drink mm-hmm. cart was in the way. You know, and the, when they take that drink cart, for some reason... The drink need, cart is impassable. Yeah, for some reason, the drink cart is ridiculously cumbersome. <laughs> but anyway, she couldn't get by it and the flight attendant said something like, 
ma'am, can you sit down for a minute while we serve the drinks? And she said, what am I, Rosa Parks? Which makes no sense. No, because she's probably not sitting in the back of the bus. And also, Rosa Parks wasn't told to sit anywhere. She sat at the front in defiance of the law. She was a lawbreaker. It gets twisted around people's, but anyway, what am I, Rosa Parks? And I think that's when the guy interjected and said, sit down, lady. And then she turned her wrath on him and pointed out he didn't have a mask. And he says, I'm eating. She didn't have her mask anyway. But anyway, the point is you have these people that are ready. They're just tinderboxes. They're ready because they're psychologically broken. Well, there was the there was the story this uh, last week of a woman who had tested seven times in the day before getting on the plane, and then she tested on the plane because she plane. had a sore throat. She tested herself positive and locked herself in the bathroom, yeah, and took she over was the tri- bathroom, triple masked, and had a face shield, and uh, and also took a selfie to brag about it on social media. Right. So that that's the psychosis right there. That, now we got to find that article to link to, but that is the psychosis that I, that we're talking about. I mean, about. that 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 yeah, you you can't you can't deny that Malone, for whatever else he said, you can't deny that he's right about mass formation psychosis. Literally, a mass formation. Just look at the lines for testing over the last couple of years. Look at the throngs of people wearing masks. That's mass formation psychosis. And what is psychosis? Psychosis is the fear of something that isn't real. Is that what it is? Is that what that means? Let me look it up again. But If you look for the term psychosis. Psychosis, this is according to Wikipedia. So <clears throat> psychosis is an abnormal condition of the mind that results in difficulties determining, determining what is real and what is not real. Symptoms may include delusions and hallucinations, among other features. That's the first sentence. Word Nick, American Heritage Dictionary, says it's an acute or chronic mental state marked by a loss of contact with reality. Disorganized speech and behavior, often by hallucinations or delusions seen in certain material illnesses, sorry, certain seen, seen in certain mental illnesses, such as schizophrenia and other medical disorders. Okay, so... At the heart of it is a detachment with reality. So, so Malone is perfectly on target here. We have had a massive amount of people in the country be detached with reality, with the virus. Right. And then they want to censor the people who are trying to bring them back right. to reality. who aren't suffering from the psychosis, which feeds the psychosis. Because then they say, the people under the trance, uh, in the psychosis, can say, no, that guy's crazy. Yeah. He got censored. The censors are honest and they're looking out for me that guy's crazy the government is out to to protect me i think we're going to see a lot more of that i think we're going to see more censorship you're definitely going to see an attempt to demonize the january 6 people big time yeah that's that's just a couple days away i think that's going to fall flat but yeah it is i think that that's why you got to have more conflict and it's going to be over the vaccine and the realities surrounding the coronavirus that's that's the big winner that's the that's I the I do big worry again we but the, today's January 3rd I do worry that they go so far on the anniversary of the 6th to actually do something bad meaning they meaning the FBI the IC remember, Oh they're going to be a false flag Remember the January 6th 
there were pipe bombs planted at both Republican and Democrat offices, right? And that just got memory hold. No one remembers that. I didn't know that. I wonder if... They found pipe bombs? Yeah. Yeah, you you can look that up. There were pipe bombs... I'll let the listeners look that up. At the Republican and the Democrat offices for you know party offices or something and i always i always was a head scratcher because you know they never seemed to put any effort into finding out why they were there who put them there i'm wondering if somebody lost their nerve and didn't go through with detonating them meaning somebody at the fbi that was part of this Hmm. this stage or maybe they didn't maybe they didn't need him maybe they thought we've got what we need without that don't blow them up I don't know. You know, I'm speculating, right? <clears throat> but I'm wondering, I'm, I'm fearful that they didn't get what they needed out of that. There's been no such incidences since then, even though the country's apparently uh, full of white supremacist insurrectionists. Not a, single, <laughs> not a single incident since then. I'm, you know, but they're trying to make a big deal out of this anniversary. I mean, the president of the United States himself said that January 6th was the worst moment in American history since the Civil War. We, we, what? Does he know what the Civil War was? Does he know when it was? Does he know how many wars and catastrophes and tragedies this country has suffered since then? Like, it's... Uh, <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> no, I don't know. Why would the guy, the poor, it's elder, elder abuse, what they're doing. It to really Joe is. Biden. It is. So, but uh, he's this, still not, I don't want to make him a victim though, because he's, he's an ornery, mean, horrible old man. Like right. he, he has been ornery and mean and terrible his whole career. Go back and you can find things he said back in the seventies and eighties when he was not incoherent. He, it's bad. Yeah. Joe agreed. Biden is a mean person. Agreed. Okay, so this year is going to be marked by censorship and conflict. And I do not believe the truth will come out. It will, whatever comes out in a big way is going to serve the, the ends of the oligarchy, of the secret combination that's attempting to rule us. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you're going to see glimpses of light because God is at work also. And people who believe in truth and believe in humanity, I guess, is the way, you know, even though Joe Rogan and Dr. Malone may not be perfectly on target with truth, maybe they are. I don't know. I, I think, I mean, I mean, we could talk about what coronavirus is now that we have two years of per- perspective having studied the thing. Uh, and, I, and I think their intentions are good, and these guys are honorable men who are trying to get what they see the truth as out. But... Uh, I don't think that the oligarchy is going to allow the actual truth out in any, in any significant way unless it allows them to create more conflict. And so, yeah. so you got... Or, s- well, go ahead. So you've got that coupled with the continued siege, which I think includes economic collapse, like a big, like I think we're going to see some big dramatic shifts in the foundations of the economy this year that give them diversionary cover for the coronavirus narrative. It's like, oh, well, yeah, we're not sure about the masks, but your, your mortgage rates are going up. Or, I mean, the Fed is raising rates. They've talked about raising rates. 
they've this you've got a significant number of retirees who want to start drawing down their 401ks that creates deflation all right as people need to take money out of the stock market that's going to cause prices to fall so a lot of the financial bliss the financial euphoria that people feel is due to the stock market rising and everybody thinks everything's good while that's going on. Well, once they start to draw money out of it, it's going to cause the, the system to collapse, meaning the stock market system. It's going to cause prices to come down because the more people sell, the more prices come down. This year, I think, is going to be that year when that's really starting to happen. And I think it provides a big smoke screen for whatever shenanigans go on around election time. I don't think the right Republicans are going to get elected. I think the wrong Republicans are going to get elected. I don't think there's going to be any meaningful truth come to the forefront and most certainly not uh, published on KSL or Fox News or MSNBC or whoever. Right. I mean, MSNBC is practically a tabloid. They are what they accuse Alex Jones of being. <laughs> they, they're worse than that because they're they worse. just lie. There's a difference between being wrong and just lying, lying, lying. That's what MSNBC does all day long. Oh, they, they won't even yeah. let go of the Russian collusion narrative. Yeah, they'll, they'll say things like, well, the Steele dossier was fake, but Trump's really still a Russian still a disinformation Ru- it's like, agent. You remember Dan Rather when George W. Bush was running, they had the the documents that supposedly faked his military service or something, mm-hmm. and they were proven to be rather poor forgeries. Mm-hmm. And Dan Rather, who had pushed the documents, said, well, fake, but accurate. <laughs> and that, that, <laughs> that was his apology. That effectively ended his, his career as a mainstream news guy. Yeah. Fake, but accurate. Today, now, that, now, would, now, that would have, nowadays, made, that would have made him like uh, get a promotion. Nowadays, that's just evolved into fake but fake like they just they don't even try it just but but if they say it enough and there's people out there that are just nodding their heads yeah. brian stelter said it so it must be true rachel maddow she's a phd she's a phd the problem with the the situation is that the people who control the level levers of power the people who pull those levers are tied into that loop, that feedback loop, that echo chamber. Well, they control those people, like Rachel Maddow. Yeah, they all control each. They're all controlled by the same influences. The the medical pharmaceutical establishment that also controls. Brought to you by Pfizer. Right, which was brought to you by Vanguard and BlackRock. Right, right. So that's they're also Vanguard and BlackRock brought us MSNBC, CNN, Fox. And they also bring us all of our senators. You know, they're the guys that, are, <laughs> that contribute to, their, to the senators and the congressmen's campaign. Right. So they own the whole thing. They have, they have what we'd call a horizontal monopoly. They own all the pieces of the puzzle in that industry that allow them to set prices and manipulate the market. There's an image that um, I had bookmarked for a long time. Um, which I think we put on last week's <clears throat> episode, right? The, uh, let me see if I can find it, but it's basically who owns all the media, right? Oh, I, we did put it on last week's episode. That was, such, that was so important. We didn't mention it last week, but I did put it up on the website just for safekeeping. And it, it shows it, how the CFR, the Trilateral <laughs> Commission, and the Bilderbergers 
I believe was the third group, have people at high levels in all the media corporations in America and have a lot of people. It's a very tangled web. Most of them, ones, most of the ones on uh, highlighted on this particular graphic are clear links to the CFR. That's, they have the most tentacles in media. Yeah, the American empire and its media. Yeah, yeah the CFR is, um, it's out there in the open for the most part. Well, certain aspects oh, yeah. of it. Most of our elected officials are members. Are members of it. A lot of CEOs, a lot of um, you know, philanthropist types, a lot of religious leaders that went through this, went through this schooling. You also have related to that, you have um, what's it called? The young young Americans. There's they get them when they get these guys, they peg them in college and say, Okay, you're gonna be, you know, you're gonna be trained, you're gonna be taught to be a statist basically and uh, you know a lot of these guys go on to become elected to congress to the senate to run companies george carlin was really accurate when he said it's a big club and you ain't in it because Mm -hmm. it is a club it's a club and they have their secret combinations their secret handshakes and their passwords and they they own and run the world That that uh that uh image is linked on uh the red pill episode episode fifty five when we had Truman with this, right? Just for example, in the twenty sixteen election, all the candidates were CFR. You know, Jeb Bush, Mike Huckabee, Mitt Romney, right? Hillary Clinton. They're all Council on Foreign Relations members, right? It's it's just it's a big joke. Like there's even video I saw a long time of ago of Dick Cheney giving a speech to the CFR saying, and laughing, they're all laughing saying, well, I can't, I can't tell the folks back home in Wyoming what we talk about here. And they all laugh. Yeah. Cause people in Wyoming are stupid. Right. And he was like their Senator or something like that. Yeah. Well, he, he was, he's from there and his daughter, Liz Cheney is the, right. And is she, a Senator in from Wyoming. She created some problems because she got two Far off of the reservation, so to speak. Well, she's very much a statist. Yeah. She's an anti-Trump Republican. Clearly. She's out there right now saying Trump must never be allowed to run. It's a danger to our democracy. And I'm thinking that's one of the reasons maybe why he should run or someone like him should run who is a danger a of, to the, quote, democracy. Yeah, but that's a lot of don't throw me in the briar patch. I mean, look at what oh, happened. Oh, I know, the, I know, look, I know. Look how the Trump presidency served their I know, all, goals. Of, all of Trump's people were CFR types. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, but, and look, I know I have disagreements with some friends that are that are really into the whole Trump mystique, but... But look at what has happened. Every, we are making a slow march in the direction the, they want. Well, and the only it, saving graces. It was a sprint. Remember, it was Trump who oversaw these crazy coronavirus. I, I get it. I, but it's kind of slow. Like, is it, I get, as it yeah, has yeah, dragged yeah. out over the last couple of years. For now sure. We know that the game is on in earnest. And it's like, come on, make a move. Do your thing. But no, they've, I think what's happened, and I'll summarize my, my thoughts here. And then you should summarize your thoughts. Okay, we'll wrap this up. Because we got to go. What has gone on in the last two years has been a solidification of a mass psychosis. So mass formation psychosis is a really important term. And the Joe Rogan, Dr. Malone podcast is very, very important for certain reasons. Number one, you have a credentialed, uh, vir- uh, vaccinologist, okay, 
From, so he's a, not just a virologist. But a guy who was ingrained in the system. It's not so, just that. He, he, he still works for the DOD. Right. Department of Defense. And he's one of the guys who invented the thing they're using. Right. Okay. Undisputable. Even though they have all these hit pieces out against him, this is still verifiable truth that if you, if you look past the first couple of results on Google, you can find all the information. If you just re- listen to his own words. Yeah, listen to his own words. He has the podcast. He's been on other shows. And he has a Substack. You can find him on Substack, which is a it. blogging t- uh, kind of platform. Th- th- and this is the thing that you need to ask people when they, when they tell you somebody's crazy. Have you ever read anything they wrote? Have you, ever, have you ever listened to them? Have you ever met them in person? Do you know anything about them? Or did you right. just, are you just telling me that because you heard it on the news? Well, Rachel Maddow told me she's got a PhD. <laughs> so, so this is a turning point. That's what I'm trying to say is that it, we're now shifting from the last two years to 2022, which I think is the year of conflict, mm-hmm. okay? Year of 2020 was perverse incentives. Perverse incentives set up and, and cemented all the deaths, right? Hospitals are paid to find COVID. They're paid to give you remdesivir. They're paid to put you on ventilators. And they're paid if you die of COVID. So that created the statistical mirage, okay? Now, and, and let me stop here and talk about what I think coronavirus is, because I've had some friends that have had bad reactions to it, like really got sick. That's a thing. And I know of people that quote unquote died of it, but I'm pretty sure in every case they were given remdesivir, which I, my understanding is it causes kidney failure in a high percentage of people. You know, like a high percentage would be 30%, 30% of the people Three, 3% would be a high yeah. percentage. It's like, if you read the studies, it's like it creates a 28 times greater chance of kidney failure than the next worst drug, mm-hmm. right? They couldn't, they couldn't get it approved for Ebola because if you catch Ebola, you have like a 30% chance of living. And if you take remdesivir, your chances go down to 50%. Right. Your chance of dying increases. So it, remdesivir contributes to not only kidney failure, but uh, broad organ failure. So... Uh, somehow the government, the Dr. Fauci's of the world, who he does have a financial interest in Gilead and Gilead does own remdesivir. They were able to get the government to buy up all the stocks of remdesivir and they pay hospitals a bounty. So hospitals pay for like a $3,500 treatment and then they are $3,000 treatment and then they get 35, 3,800 bucks back. It's a 20% bounty for using remdesivir. So they, if you end up in a hospital with COVID, they want to put you on remdesivir. Simultaneously, they blocked early treatment options. And this is the whole point of Dr. Malone and Joe Rogan's podcast. One of the main points is that the government has made a, early on a blockade against things like hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin and other, other treatments. And they have black holed in the media any discussion about what to do if you get catch COVID, they just basically send you home to die. They should, the yeah. government should have, instead of doing all the free PCR tests, they should have been giving people tips on how to stay healthy and what to do if you think you have COVID. Like they did in India. Like they did in, yeah. Where, they gave people ivermectin, a little COVID, these little COVID packs. Right. They, Which was wildly successful. It right. essentially eradicated COVID over there. So the point is, when you look at the big picture, you can see that there, ha- there has been a massive amount of intentional action. And what is that action centered around attempting to get the people scared of COVID. And in order to do that, they had to kill a lot of people, which they did. Dr. Malone, again, inventor of the mRNA vaccine, one of the, 
in inventors. His name's on the patents, okay? He works for the government. He's not a crazy anti-vaxxer. He took the vaccine. He's saying that the government caused half a million deaths, 500,000 deaths. They, they've attributed about 700,000 deaths to COVID so far. He's saying over half, over 500,000 of those were preventable and the government or the, the policymakers did it on purpose. Well, don't forget here in Utah, the, the state government early on in the <clears throat> pandemic ordered about $800,000 worth of hydroxychloroquine. Then the media turned on it and Governor Herbert then canceled that order. So the state the state folded like a cheap de- 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 deliberately suit. declined you know canceled that order for something that I think could have saved lives. And so now we have to ask ourselves, we have to ask the governor and I doubt he's asking himself because I don't think he's an introspective person. How many people did you kill? Oh, some of the feedback I got um, from the listeners is they enjoy when you skewer Spencer Cox. I know, but it's so easy. It's so, it's just easy. It's low hanging fruit. It's too, it's beneath you. It's not even hanging fruit. It's fruit that's that's smashed up on the ground and it's it's not good to eat. (laughs) You know, he, he was in the Deseret News recently which seems to be his uh, propaganda outlet of choice. He's highly, uh, highly favored by the Deseret News, but he, uh, he wishes, he, he said- He was highly favored of the board. Yeah. He said recently, I wish I could snap my fingers and have everybody do what I say, basically. And I thought, well, how Thanos-like of you. <laughs> and, you know, there's this, the whole article is him just lamenting that we didn't, we as we don't in the, obey him. the state of Utah, the citizens of Utah, not enough of us, obey him and do what he thinks we should do to make life great. Well, <clears throat> let's, let's drop the, the Cox tangent, the Spocks, Spencer Cox, Spocks. Can we call him Spocks from now on? No. Don't you don't like that? No. Can we come up with a funnier, better nickname for him? No. Okay, we'll think about that. <laughs> you just don't want to talk about him anymore. Okay, I, I'm getting back to my, my points about the coronavirus. It is... It is a thing, okay? Even though from Dr. Malone's own mouth, it's treatable. Now, he, he had it, he got vaccinated, and then he got it again. And he says, if you've had it, the vaccine is da- more dangerous to you than if you haven't had it. So that's something important to tell your, yeah, fr- I, I, your friends that, and loved ones. That was right in the area where, as far as I got, and Peter McCullough, the doctor, says, you can't, you're not getting it twice. So I was curious if Joe Rogan pressed him on that, but you're not going to catch COVID twice? Yeah, very, very I think rare. they were saying you might be able to catch COVID and Omicron because Omicron looks like it's just a variant of the common cold. Maybe. But and then that, that brings into question, what are they really testing for? Well, right. If they're finding right. Omicron. But he, they talked about the spike protein being toxic and the, being the thing that's causing the damage and it's widespread types of damage in different people and different, you know, different systems of the body the virus or the vaccine both yeah because both of them carry the the spike protein right that's the thing that's what they get into so what listen to watch the dr malone joe rogan podcast very much worth your time if you watch it at double speed it's about an hour and a half if you watch it at 1.5 you know it's going to be a little over two hours okay it's worth your time to to listen to 
this podcast because it's so well done and they you've got really smart people both Rogan and Malone who and Malone is clearly credentialed he is the credentialed guy and he's gone out he's not an anti-vaxxer so they can't even though they try to call him an anti-vaxxer he's just saying don't vaccinate the kids don't you need to be informed of the risks don't get vaccinated if you've had it he's making a lot of sense pre-2020 right okay he he says they're destroying my profession. So he's a believer in the vaccines and he wants to get back to some level, semblance of sanity there. Okay. And he had COVID early on. He said it was really hard and he took, took some stuff because he was experimenting on himself. They that, say he took really Pepsid? Helped. I think Pe- that's what Pepsid. it was called. Yeah. Or Pepsin? Pepsid? Something like it that. It wasn't Pepsi. Fl- Florexamide? Flor- Florovexamide? I don't know what it was, but he, he, he said it really helped with his, his lung inflammation. Right. Anyway, my point is, it looks like the COVID thing is a thing. It's an above average seasonal fluness. Was it created in a lab? Probably. I do think they probably did I it. I 100% think that because I had it and it was weird. It was unlike a normal cold or flu. It well, was weird. Well, the whole long-term loss of sense of taste and smell, the, all, all these strange effects, I think they created. I think it is a bioweapon, but it was nowhere near as bad as they wanted it to be. And or they, it was leaked or something prematurely where they were yeah, maybe wasn't that's done what happened. yet. Or it was a test run. It could be that. Bill Gates said this was pandemic number one, pandemic number two is going to be worse. Could be. So I'm leaning towards it was created in a lab. I definitely think it's a thing. I definitely think that you should try to take care of your health and you shouldn't be too critical of the older people that want to be careful of it, right? Now, it's debatable as to whether the vaccine is going to help you or hurt you. Definitely, if you are younger than, say, 65 and in good health, you probably should think twice about it. But some of these older people, there are arguments that maybe this is helping them out. I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think it's real that, hard to quantify. Yeah. Dr. Malone would argue probably that it's it's good for certain people. But I think uh, we're into new territory here as far as having a bioweapon released into the wild and, you know, whether or not you should take the weapon, weaponized vaccine <laughs> that's similar to the bioweapon and causes the same types of problems. That's, that's a good question. Definitely one of the takeaways from uh, the podcast was don't take the booster shots. Right. Because that's just continuing to hurt you. Right. But that's a problem because now you have them decrying all these variants and that we need all these booster shots. So so going down the vaccine route sort of is putting your hands, tying your hands and putting, in, putting yourself into the care of the other side here. Well, and the, and the issue is you, when, when is it okay to stop? taking them if you you got your first two doses well now you're an anti-vaxxer if you don't get the booster and then you're going to be an anti-booster if you don't get the second booster they're never going to stop with the boosters they want it to be the new flu shot they've got a cold shot now that's what it that's what it is even the flu shot you don't take three times a year yeah but the but you see the the rationale right they've they've been fighting to try and get the plus the the flu flu shot Plus, the flu shot isn't required to go see a basketball game. Right, but they've been trying really hard to get people to get their flu shots for a long time, and yeah. now they have a, an impetus to make you get a cold shot. Right. And, and they've really worked hard. Because they scared the bejeebers. Bleep, the bleepity bleep out of everybody. The bejeebers. So anyway, COVID, is it a real thing? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Is it as deadly as they say? No, especially if you can work on 
early early treatment. Now, Malone said because they denied people information to the early treatment that they uh, they killed about half a million people just by doing that. I think that you have to add into the mix the fact that remdesivir causes kidney failure and that they ran up the death stats by putting people on remdesivir and then putting them on ventilators, both of which they had perverse financial incentive to do. Yeah, doctors were admitting that they were so scared in the early going that they basically killed people that had the virus by, by malpractice. Right. That so, was in the Wall Street Journal. So, so you get paid to find it. And that's why they test everybody every three days. And we know 70% of the people in the hospitals are not in there for COVID. So the case, just by testing, you've said this many times, we just stopped testing, this would all go away. Right. But just by testing, they find it. They get money for that. They get money to put you on remdesivir if they find it. They get money to put you on a ventilator. And they get money if you die from it. So they have perverse financial incentive to find it and to report that you've died from it, which creates the fear, which creates the mass psychosis. That's the, that leads to the formation of the psychosis, which is what we are dealing with today. So we had perverse incentive last year, or two years ago, 2020 now. 2021 was the year of censorship where they really cemented the narrative and, and got the vaccine out there. And now they're having a hard time because there's a lot of vaccine injuries. And so that's why you, we would call 2021 the year of censorship. And now I'm saying 2022 will be the year of conflict. Right. It's the year that the conflict starts to raise its head and people really start to get angry about it and start to push back because they need the pitchforks and torches. They want the pitchforks and the torches. I'm telling you, that's the, the oligarchy wants you to rebel against them so that they can come down with an iron fist. Right. And they will, they're, they're tightening that castle siege and they're going to they're going to create conditions that cause people to take dramatic more dramatic action so that's why i think that this uh this financial collapse is about ready to happen well the the stage is set for what you're talking about you have people who are very pro vaccine you know the kind of people that get the their covid pass tattooed on their arm and things <laughs> I think those people are very rare, but that mindset. Yeah, but there's there's a put good twenty percent of the country probably. You, ha- you have them in. starting to become disillusioned because they do all they do it everything they're supposed to do right, and they still get sick. Like the, mm-hmm. that poor woman on the airplane, her brain is mush. Yeah, but she's not the. She's a believer. I, I mean, I mean the tester, the one who locked herself in the bathroom. Yeah, but right? she's a believer. She's, she's not. A, she's she's a, not out posting. Oh, I. She was posting that. Oh, I'm so glad that I could be in quarantine. Right, to but, save all these people's lives. And and you have this sort of thing. There's even an NPC meme that's been created by, by uh, you know, I'm so grateful for the vaccines for helping me get, you know, not get so sick when I get COVID. Like again, the the selling point, and this is what I mean when the media is just going to just change the narrative and not even look backward. The vaccines were sold to us as, you take this, you will not get the virus, you will not spread the virus. Okay. Now now it's. It lessens symptoms. You, you lessen symptoms, which is symptoms, which is extremely hard to quantify because you don't have a carbon copy of the same person without the vaccine to compare against. It's so you have so no narr- idea, especially when it would mean it'd be one thing if everybody who was getting this virus across the whole age spectrum was getting very sick, and then you say, "Oh, look at the vaccinated people aren't getting as sick," but most people are having mild symptoms. So it's very hard to quantify whether these things are working at all, at all, I think. Right. <coughs> so the they're going to say, 
So they're going to say you need to keep doing it just like they do with the flu vaccine because it's a certain percentage of the population believes they work to at least lessen symptoms, right? So they're going to say keep getting the vaccines for the, for the new reasons. But people are starting to say no. Even vaccinated people are starting to become disillusioned and angry. They're starting to say, I'm not getting the booster. I got the two shots. You said we, you said we wouldn't have to wear the masks. We could go back to work. You know, I mentioned Smith's, the grocery store. I was there the other day. They have a PA announcement just on repeat saying, due to the, due to the widespread prevalence of COVID variants, we encourage all vaccinated patrons, customers to wear a mask. Vaccinated, they single out vaccinated customers need to wear a mask. So they didn't say non-vaccinated people needed to wear a mask? Then they say... So what they, they encourage vaccinated people to wear the mask. Then they say unvaccinated people are required to wear a mask. Now, the store is 90% unmasked and people just don't care anymore. I think, well, I think, you know, I'm a weirdo. And so I notice these things and I sit there and listen to it and take note of it. Yeah. And most of the shoppers are just there getting their stuff, right? But remember, even, even uh, you want me to talk about Cox, Cox said. These vaccines are our off-ramp, they're our exit, they're how we get rid of the masks. And that's turning out not to be true. None of it's turning out to be yeah. true. So Vaccinated you think a- people are being quarantined. That woman on the airplane quarantined herself in the, in the bathroom, in a bathroom yeah. which is no quarantine at all. <laughs> She's on an airplane. It's a flying tube. But vaccinated people are, are, being, are being forced to do all the same things that unvaccinated people are doing. If they test positive, right? And that's why if, if, if you are going to test yourself, see if you can find one of these rare now self-tests and don't tell the government that you have this because all they're going to do is tell you to turn your life upside down. They're not going to, there's no advantage. The funny thing is there's never been any advantage to going and getting an official test because they don't give you anything. Well, the only to point get better. is to get into like a venue or get into a uh, well, on, I'm, onto I'm, an airplane, right? Yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying there's a lot of people doing that. There's, there's a lot of people just getting tested who aren't going to the airport or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're just they're doing scared. it because they're scared to death. Yeah. And, and, then, and then, well, at least I'll know. Well, sure. You know, I took a home test, one made by the conglomerate, you know, Abbott Laboratories, whose stock has gone like doubled in the last two years. Mm-hmm. You know, they're making a lot of money off these tests. Mm-hmm. But anyway, what I'm saying, what I'm getting back to is your scenario, the stage is being set because you have, you have vaccinated people becoming disillusioned and feeling ripped off. And then you have the quote, anti-vaxxers being villainized. You add in, you add in the stress of a bad economy, which we have right now. Inflation's out of control. But I'm saying it's going to get worse. You have shortages. You have, uh, you know, everywhere you go, you know, r- restaurants and the service industry has problems keeping their operations running because of staff shortages. Anyway, you have all of these factors, right? All it's going to, I think we've talked about this before. It's just, it's a tinderbox, right? You're just waiting for that spark. That spark could be a false flag. It could be an assassination but attempt. I, I'm wondering if it's going to not, when you, when, you, when you 
throw that in imagery out it's like hey we're gonna have a big boom and i think we're we're gonna we're just gonna see the fire start to grow maybe yeah like a forest that, fire yeah it's like it's it's gonna start to go and then when it's really in full swing when it's really booming and it's gonna boom for a long time people are not it's it's a forest fire is a better a better metaphor than say <coughs> than say a tinderbox with a right. with a powder keg or something because this, I don't think this is going to be a b- big explosion. I think it's going to be a forest fire. That's that's a good analogy that you just brought. Yeah, up. that that could happen. It's I was thinking rage. about the the fire is going to rage. I was thinking about what would have happened on the the airplane, not the quarantine airplane. Man, some crazy people on airplanes recently. But the lady who was screaming at the guy on the Let's airplane. Let's call her punching lady. What if? The guy had stood up and just put decked her. I know. I was thinking if I was him, I would have pulled her onto my lap and choked her out. Yeah. Like, or something. Like, I mean, what would he have consciousness? Would he have consciousness? Would he have suddenly become the villain if he had just thumped her right in the face and knocked her cold? Grabbed her and, yeah, or something. And, and, and it might just be one of these things that does provoke that's, some of that's this. what's going to happen. That's why I wrote, I, you know, I found this lady on Twitter who has twice said, I hate anti-vaxxers i hate them and i want them to die okay and a lot of people in her threads you know commenting on that i agree yes we gotta you know they should be denied this they should be denied that there it seems to me and again take twitter for what it's worth which is about a a load of not even a load of crap a shilling but assuming these people are real and they really feel that way there are people out there who are just waiting for permission to start hurting people they've got permission to hate them and they feel like they're doing the right thing you know in these comments people are saying like oh yeah these anti-vaxxers they want people to die they they want us they never want us to go back to normal they want us to they want to kill children you know because they're anti-vax which is which is crazy because the vaccines are killing the children right but but in their minds their virus laden minds right they're doing the right thing and so it's just, it's a very small, I'm holding my finger and my thumb together where you just I'm have witness a small, to this. A small like gap. A little tiny gap. We're that far from them feeling great and moral and righteous about hurting people. I mean, look, Dr. Malone talks about the mass formation psychosis and he compares it to pre-Holocaust Germany and says that population was highly educated. They were, you know, they aren't a bunch of rubes. And they, how did they get to where they are? Mass form- formation psychosis. Little by little, like you're saying, like a forest fire, then it was okay and sanctioned and righteous to start hurting people. We're, we're close to that. We're, yeah. we're very, very close. I just don't, I think in true American fashion, we will do it with a shot heard around the world type event. Yeah. But maybe you're right too. I think that forest fire has already been burning, yeah, by the I'm, way. I'm not dis agreeing with a shot heard around the world what would that what would that event look like make a prediction here is it, it's not going to just be a guy on a plane it's going to be some sort of a government no i think i think what it would be thing, is some it? sort of anti-vaxxer stereotype right who blows a patsy up a guy fox right who tries to kill fauci or biden or tries to blow up uh, the CDC or something. And they come out with this tone of like, 
Well, you know, Dr. Fauci may have made some mistakes, but you can't just kill everybody. The vaccine, the virus is still dangerous. Well, and uh, They don't even have to do that. I mean, yeah, you'd probably have people doing that. But then what make, you have... You're going to make a martyr out of him? What you, <laughs> I wonder if Fauci knows he's slated for martyrdom. That's an interesting <laughs> thought. You mean sainthood? Because he's already saint. No, martyrdom... <laughs> Is like the icing on the sainthood cake, isn't right. it? Well, that's how you seal your martyr. You your seal sainthood. the deal, yeah. Well, maybe will he be fake martyred or real martyred? <laughs> oh man, real martyrs are rolling over in their graves right now. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't know. It could be any number of those things. It could be the, the what, what, what the real, the real question is: What does the retaliation look like? And, and does that mean if it's something, maybe it's a coalition of people. Maybe there's a secret team of anti-vax Guy Foxes out there, right? And they, maybe bombs go off in many cities at CDC locations throughout the country. Maybe Fed buildings. Maybe, I don't know. I'm speculating. And so I don't, you're now saying it's not just white supremacists that are the domestic terrorists. The anti-vaxxers become the domestic terrorists. That's an interesting thought. Maybe, because the white supremacy thing doesn't seem to be working. Right. It's like, it doesn't, it has some legs, but that's not because, very that's much. That's because like 70% of the country is white and like 0.0007% of the country are the white people saying everybody's racist who's white. And we're right. all going, no, no one's taking you seriously. You're insane. Well, it's almost like know. it's falling flat like the climate change stuff falls flat. Right. There's a, sig a significant portion of true believers. But, they, but again, these are the, the people that have formed the psychosis. Because it looks like, I, I've noticed this with acquaintances, that if you, if you bought the coronavirus narrative, a lot of people bought the January 6th insurrection well, narrative. They, they, yeah, and then they, they buy bought, all, of the the, all of them. BLM, yeah. BLM is okay. Transgender is okay. You have that sign, right? That in this house we believe, and there's all the check it's, marks. There's right? like a, a bunch of articles of faith. Yeah, yeah. Those people have that sign up are usually also terrified of the virus. Is there a sign in this house we believe? Oh yeah, you haven't seen that? No, uh, -uh. tell me about this. It says I thought it, you were just joking. No, in this house we believe that love is love, that no human is illegal. That I, I'll look it up because I can't remember all of them, but it's it's ridiculous. Because I've seen a lot of Black Lives Matter signs, and then the the rainbow flag signs seem to accompany that. Right. So here here's I mean one. not a ton in our neighborhood, but. In, in this house, we believe black lives matter. Women's rights are human rights. No human is illegal. Science is real. Love is love. Kindness is everything. Science is real, huh? Yeah. Who's science? <laughs> <laughs> Only well, the approved science is real. So, yeah, and I've, I've seen that sign here in the community. Um, and, and you're right. Come Usually, on, name names. Usually that's planted in the yard. There's one house I'm thinking of down the street. They're not in our, quote, neighborhood. But I see this house a lot because they live next to relatives. And they've got that sign, or at least did during the summer, planted. And then they've got a flagpole with the American flag at the top. And right underneath it is the rainbow flag. They had the Biden signs. And, and they... Uh, 
They are very vocal and aggressive about their beliefs at church, too, I'm told. Hmm. <laughs> but this is such a bunch of nonsense. It's just, <laughs> it's just women's rights are human rights. So? Okay. But what, how about just that there's just human rights? There's human rights. There's no such thing as women's rights. Women have the same rights as everybody else. Now, of course, what they're talking about is abortion, right? No human is illegal. Well, that's false, because being human is not illegal, but certain acts are illegal. Now, we could talk about the laws and the just, you know, whether right. or not a, a law is just, that's an but illegal immigration. you can certainly yeah. commit crimes, right? Science is real. Um, yeah, yeah, it is. Okay. Love is love is obviously a pro-same-sex marriage, transgender, mm-hmm. you know, lump all of that in there. And kindness is everything. Well, no, no. Kindness is not everything. How about, where, where, where is there a place for truth? How about uh, for retaliation against false narratives? Like Kindness means, means you roll over and you better damn well believe everything else we're telling you to believe. That's the kind of kindness and unity that politicians are talking about. You do what we tell you to do. If you push back, we're going to label you anti-this, anti-that, bigoted, supremacist, whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the universe just shut me up because in the mid-rant, the batteries went dead on the, on the recorder. <laughs> so I've got, we've got new batteries. We're back. And I was ranting about the in, in this house sign. Right. I just found the, the antithesis to that. In this house, we believe that simplistic platitudes trite tautologies, and semantically overloaded aphorisms are poor substitutes for respectful and rational discussions about complex ideas. Right. <laughs> but what... That's funny. But uh, I, I thought I had to, you know, you're talking about conflict, and <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm definitely on the same page there with you, and, and each side has their, their uh, uniforms and their colors, right? You've got the flags and the and you've, you've got the rallying cries, and you've got mm-hmm. team reality versus team apocalypse, and there's definitely divisions occurring. Right. You've got the Black Lives Matter versus Let's Go Brandon kind of a thing. Right. Which Let's Go Brandon is, trying, is, be, is being attempted to be rebranded, but it's not working. And it's kind of funny. It was starting to kind of fade off. But then the left keeps bringing it back to criticize it. And then everyone goes, oh, yeah, let's go, Brandon. <laughs> well, didn't the guy, uh, Brandon Brown, paint his, like he, he teamed up with a, an altcoin, which was built around this concept. Yeah, the, there's a the there's, LB, the LGB. No, the altcoin is, is FJB. It's called FJB? Yeah. <laughs> okay. And they were going to sponsor him and NASCAR said no. Well, they said yes. And then they said no after yeah. he painted the car and did yeah. a big promo. Right. Which is funny that the, the Brandon, the actual Brandon has... Decided to embrace it. Yeah. Which he should, I guess. Because it's NASCAR. I mean, it's... Right, right. He'd be hugely popular. <clears throat> well, anyway, we should probably wrap things up. Well, what, but, Okay, so crystallize your, your uh, prescriptions, predictions. Well, I, I think... I think I'm with you that 2020, 2022 is not going to calm down. It's an election year. Which are never calm anymore. Right. You were postulating that maybe there'd be some false flags in the name of anti-vaxxers. Possibly. You think that's a possibility? Yeah, I definitely think it's a possibility. Or, or maybe just maybe it doesn't have to be anti-vaxxer. It could just be a false flag. 
I thought that was going to happen last year after the January 6th insurrection that we might even see a series of false flags throughout the year. That hasn't happened. Well, the more often they do these false flags, the more potential for the cat to come out of the bag for more people. And so I think what they want is blowback. They, that's why the January 6th thing was so interesting is they involved a million people in the script. Mm-hmm. I think they'd really like to see blowback here where you get a genuine you know, Bubba who is anti-vax, who comes out and shoots somebody or tries to get into the, to the Alabama football game, but he's not vaxxed. And although the, the colleges aren't requiring vaccinations as much as say like these pro clubs are. Right. Right. I and think definitely so. not in the South for sure. Yeah. But let's, let's say he shows up at a, at a, a Miami heat game or something yeah, and they're requiring, yeah, it. an NBA game they're, they're requiring it. He doesn't have it. He, he punches out the security guard. Yeah, or stabs him or whatever. Then you get your justice for whoever. For the security guard, right. Joe. Justice got a, for Joe. You got another George Floyd on your hand. So let's go, Brandon, and then justice for Joe. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's a scenario, right? Because if you look at, we were just talking about this while I was fixing the batteries. Like the George Floyd incident from a policing standpoint was pretty, pretty minor, right? They arrested a guy who was accused of counterfeiting. And he was hopped up on drugs and was freaking out. And it went south. And look at the reaction, right? Why, did, why was there a reaction like that? Because the media told us to react like that. There was no, no, nobody knew who George Floyd was. It's, not until it know, became a it's massive not, it, national Right. It's not campaign. like he, he, he wasn't Martin Luther King Jr. who was assassinated and was a, a national figure. And, and, right? He was a nobody. He was a, it was a street urchin, a criminal. And suddenly he became saint, Larger sainted, martyred, yep. and we were all told to riot and act like crazy people over it. And many, and many people okay. did that in another, in a sub-mass formation psychosis to the mass formation right, psychosis. Right, right. So it would be relatively easy, I think, to get, the, get people riled up again about something like that, especially with the unease that everyone's This is why feeling. I think they're going to continue the debate on... And, and not let go of the narrative as much. I think they're going to continue to dangle the restrictions out there so that they can have the, the punch back rather than actually en- enacting them. Well, and they can, they can reenact, reimply, or apply restrictions if, you know, let's say there's riots. But let's say the wrong people are rioting. You know, then you can shut things down, get people back into lockdown because, you know, the South is rising again <laughs> or something. <laughs> So yeah. I, th- I think you're onto something. Uh, I, I, it's hard to predict uh, an election year because it's going to be shenanigan after shenanigan. You're going to see a demoniz- demonization of a lot of, um, you know, conservative candidates, Republicans. Yeah, you're going to have a big fight for statist Republicans to make it. Right. Like in Utah, it's really not much of a contest. It's you're mostly you mostly have Republicans, and so. The problem is we have a bunch of statist Republicans who are essentially wolves in sheep's clothing. It used to, th- it used to mean something to be a Republican, right? and it doesn't. Right. Republican and conservative used to be interchangeable. They're not yeah, they're anymore. Not. Um, and that's a big trick that still right. carries a lot of weight with a lot of the public. Right. Well, I think that's how Cox got elected is everyone just sort of mindlessly said, well, he's, he's a Republican. And well, and the alternative was who? I can't even a remember. A University of Utah professor named Chris, Chris something. 
I mean, who knows? He didn't even but run they he, were, his they campaign, were Democrat, right? They, they, yeah, he was a Democrat. This was in the in the general. They ran these campaign ads with him and Cox together, talking about about how much they agree on things and how much they like each other. And I was just like, if you're the Democrat and you're agreeing to that, you're brain dead. Because you, you should actually offer an alternative to Cox. Right. If you could actually get the Democrat nomination in Utah and you came out in favor of reality, you might actually get some traction. Maybe. But, that, but, but you'd Cox, have enough but, people. I don't think you'd win. You have enough people who are, oh, but he's a Democrat. Well, and that's the thing, right? But Cox just squeezed by by this. I mean, he doesn't have any hair on his head, but just by the hair on his chinny chin chin, which is in none. the primaries. In the primaries, like a half a percent or one percent. And yeah. it was a three-way race between him, Huntsman, former Governor Huntsman, who was... Who's status, status of status. Who's, sta- who's openly status. And then Greg Hughes, who is sort of the reality liberty candidate. Yeah. And I think it was like, I think Cox won with like 36% or something. Mm. We could look that up, but I'm not going to. So it was 66% status, which doesn't bode right. well. Which is which weird, like why was well, look, Huntsman running... Yeah, he came. That was a, that's he, yeah. an interesting unanswered well, question. And, and Romney, Romney won easily. Romney's a status as they get. Oh yeah. So I think that there's a lot of quote conservatives in Utah who aren't actually as conservative as they think. They want the government to fix things. They just want it to be Republicans that do it. That's where I was ten, twelve years ago, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, we 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 need to have Republicans. We need to have small government solutions to things rather than big government solutions mm-hmm. to things, only to know that there's only one size of government and it's growing. Gargantuan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I, you know, Romney actually helped when he ran for president the first time and didn't get the nomination. What was that, 08? Mm-hmm. That's when I was like... Something's mm-hmm. weird here. Who's this Ron yeah. Paul fellow? Yeah. And so, you know, because I was expecting Romney to say certain things because... Well, he's the conservative candidate, yeah. and he wasn't saying those things. <laughs> so it kind of op- opened my eyes. Yeah. And- this does not compute has been going on for four years, and I think that, <laughs> that was part of the intention of the Trump presidency was to create a fire that would, that would burn hot and long, and now they can stoke that fire and, and intensify it to their, to their ends. So anyway, to, so to summarize your... Predictions. So, yeah, let, let me succinctly say that it's going to be, there's going to be more chaos and shenanigans surrounding these elections. You're going to see people get deplatformed, uh, censored. More censorship. A lot I more censorship. I think we might see an intensification of censorship moving on from just individuals to even um, like platforms, like like, like uh, WordPress or something, maybe blocking it, blacking out people, more YouTube channels being deleted, more Reddit yeah. um, and because subreddits of this, being deleted. Because of this and because of the emergence of, of truth or at least objective thinking, like with uh, Dr. Malone and Joe Rogan, I, I need to add this to what I was thinking. This is the year you're going to see a shift away from the socials. The, there's always going to be a significant amount of people that are stuck with the mainstream, as we've discussed, the people who have the psychosis. And they have the psychosis largely because of social, social media. So there's going to be a ton of people stuck there. But this is the year where there's real traction gained in alternative mechanisms 
and those right. mechanisms will immediately be attacked by the oligarchy to to attempt to control the the messages being put out through those mechanisms. You had Rogan and Malone talking about how now that uh, Malone has been deplatformed from Twitter, he's joined Getter, which is novel because it will import all your Twitter feed and your your not your feed but your posts, right? So you can switch over and have an immediate uh, presence on Getter. And so Rogan joined Getter and has an immediate, it it wasn't because he was able to import all this, but he was able to immediately get about 8 million followers because he's so popular that he's able to bring that kind of presence over. And I think you're you're going to see this shift. That's the thing. We don't know. They say they're dedicated to free speech and anything... Over the airways, anything that is over the internet can be manipulated by the laws and the well. And what we saw with combination with that was it called? What were they called? Parlor or something? Remember that big tech still well, yeah, still canceled. They were on them. Amazon, but I think that so these but Apple and Google re- eliminated the the app from their platforms, which right. makes it really hard to go right. get. So the so you'll still see the the tit for tat and the fighting there, but these people are realizing they can't platform themselves on Amazon and they can't use GoDaddy. And right. so I think there's going to be a lot more resilient efforts at free speech that pop up, which means now the time is ripe for the conflict. Right. And as they push from both sides, you're going to start to see the conflict. And it's got to it's got to be more than just deplatforming. Deplatforming sort of a civilized way to to shut somebody out of the public square, right? But that that uh, when there's still a lot of people on both left and right who who oppose the deplatforming, yeah, who say you know yeah we need to have good debate with these people. You don't just ban right, them. and they're also opposed to the vaccine mandate. See, right, uh, one of the big things that they promoted right at the very end of the podcast with Malone and Rogan, they had to, they had to actually come back in and re-record a little bit because Malone had forgot to point out that they were going to have a rally in DC that was an anti-mandate rally, not an anti-vax rally, but an anti-mandate rally, a pro-humanity rally, a pro-freedom of choice rally. Which will rally. be spun into an anti-vax right. rally. That, they're very <laughs> import, they were very intent. That yeah, this but MSNBC and yeah. CNN and Fox aren't going to tell you I that. I know, but again, remember, they're losing narrative. Right. They're losing power because they're losing people to... Joe Rogan. When how is big, this how big rally? is this podcast? Rogan has millions and millions. Eight million, I, 10 million? I don't know. He's gaining people because right. he's willing to speak openly and has interesting guests on. What, the rally's what, towards the end of January. I don't know what date it is. So that sounds like a perfect opportunity Go, for his false flag. A perfect opportunity. I mean, guys, you walked into a trap a year ago on January 6th. This sounds like a perfect opportunity for another trap maybe they maybe they spread anthrax over the crowd or maybe they unleash right. a bioweapon in the crowd or something like that i right. don't know i don't know what happens but but the the unrest is growing the pitchforks are being brought out and the torches are being lit by a significant enough portion of the population that you're going to start to see some some fireworks because they won't be able to clamp down as easily as they have been heretofore been able to do by just simply deplatforming people. People are starting to get their resolve behind them. Right. And uh, remember, we've discussed chapter 13 of Revelation and the Mark of the Beast and our opinion on that about being excluded from the Agora or the town center. It also does mention that they, they, you, you won't just simply be excluded, but it says they'll kill 
the people that don't have the mark. And so when you when the civilized quote unquote civilized banning of people from the agora, you know, doesn't work, then they resort to more severe or lethal right <laughs> or permanent efforts right that's that's just the natural course of things so we're going to see that start to happen here i think in 2022 and i think it's going to coincide with those castle siege events but anyway this i'm i'm clarifying my point of view here anything any nuance you want to add on that uh, <coughs> no I, I i'm done predicting things i do want to say i'll I'll, I'll end with this go to a youtube channel called Garen Thumb. Garand Thumb? I yeah. call him Garand Thumb. Yeah. Well, he calls himself Garand Thumb, but it's a Garand M1 is the gun, and the guy's name was Garand. He, he addresses is it this. Pronounced, you are the pronunciator. Is it, it's pronounced Garand? Because I always called I, it Garand. I've always called it Garand, but he calls it Grand. He even addresses this in one of his videos where he gives himself Grand Thumb. If you don't know what it is, you'll learn about it. Okay. Anyway, this guy is a survivalist. He's former military. Right. He's reviews, a big YouTuber. Does a lot of... Does a high production values. Gun uh, reviews series. and, you know, like he'll shoot the, uh, the jelly... Um, targets, to, targets. To do ballistic he, comparisons. You know, like test, let's test this weapon against this weapon against human body, human head. And he's, they're jelly. Okay. They're not humans. Well, that's called ballistic gel. Yeah. Anyway. It's, it's supposed to simulate flesh. He has a two-part series, and maybe there'll be more parts, called How to Be Deadly in the Mountains. And he basically goes through uh, details about gear and ideas to how to survive in the mountains on your own. Go watch those videos. Okay. Because <laughs> the time may be coming when we either need to take up arms against our neighbors or, or flee, flee to Zion. Zion. <laughs> Fleeing to Zion, in my mind... It's in the mountains? Is in the tops of the everlasting Surviving in the, in the in the... Yeah, not no longer in the shadows of the everlasting hills, but on top of them. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> and, and and since we're going to end on that note, I want to point out also, watch for the signs from God. Okay, I I've said it before on this podcast: the earthquake in Utah, now two years ago, where the trumpet got yanked out of the hands of the angel Moroni on the iconic unbelievable Salt Lake temple, unbelievable symbol, sign symbolism, a huge symbol. sign. Yeah. That's that. That was a some sort of a communication being given to men by God. There, an obvious one. Watch for more of those. But and, the, and I, the, I, I'm not just saying I, there may be some interesting symbolism, but there's going to be more earthquakes in diverse places, meaning potentially near your home. We saw a huge tornado rip through the Midwest and do a lot of damage recently. And, and it's not if fires burning in Colorado in the dead of winter destroyed. Uh, hundreds of, of homes, structures, yeah. thousands, thousand yeah. businesses, like really bad. We're, we're going to see this. And it, in addition to the overflowing scourge, the scourge will be created by the hubris of mankind, in my opinion. So you get the sickness, right? And, and that's another thing that comes up in the Malone Rogan podcast. He's just like, look, all these kids are having all these adverse reactions. And that that's interesting because you know when you see a lot of heart disease or myocarditis or whatever in children that where there's generally not any of that going on then it's pretty clear you can attribute it to the the thing the outlier or not the outlier the 
the odd thing that they did, right? Which was the vaccine, right? Because you don't see you don't see that in kids. And he says, when we're seeing these types of crazy new illnesses in kids that shouldn't be there, maybe that tells us that all of the incidences that are occurring in adults also shouldn't be there. The problem is adults generally have higher incidence of those types of things: heart disease, gastrointestinal right. problems. But there's reports of of significant excess death, non-COVID related excess death among younger people. Well, the the top story on Zero Hedge currently, I believe, is entitled Life Insurance CEO Says Deaths Are Up 40% Among Those Aged 18 to 64, and the majority of those deaths are not being classified as COVID. Right. So that is that is interesting because, you know, the the cold hard, you know, cold blooded actuaries they don't care what the politics are. They're going to get down to what, what makes money and what doesn't, right? Mm-hmm. So they're going to figure out, there may come a point in time where you can't get a life insurance policy if you have been vaccinated, even though probably early on, right? they will try to say, you need to be vaccinated. I've already seen a, don't f- have a few data. of those uh, weird drug ads that you see during television breaks, commercial breaks that you know they're always listing a bunch of side effects and things and they also say let your doctor know whether you've been vaccinated whether you've been not. vaccinated yeah cuz you might if you're going to use this yeah, drug yeah well anyway i'm trying to say that that i think it's the hubris of mankind that will create that overflowing scourge talked about in the 31ish verse of doctrine and covenant section 45 and that uh, there's a long process that leads to the the verse we quoted in the 60s, 68 it is, where it says that among the wicked, every man that will not take up his sword against his neighbor must needs flee to Zion. That, for those conditions to occur, oh, and it, it also talks about the wars and vapors of smoke, uh, the earthquakes, you know, re- go reread your, your Doctrine and Covenants section Twenty or 45, and don't look at it as linear. Look at it as cycling. It cycles through the pattern a couple of times, right? It's not like verse 31 has to precede verse 68 by all of the things that are in between it. There's, right. there's a potential for sort of a dreamlike, patternistic... Uh, yeah, it is verse 31. In that generation shall the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Verse 30. And there shall be men standing in that generation that shall not pass until they see an overflowing scourge for a desolating sickness shall cover the land. But my disciples shall stand in holy places and shall not be moved. But among the wicked men shall lift up their voices and curse God and die. And there shall be earthquakes in diverse places. And many, I think we've even read this already on the we, podcast. We definitely have. Probably so the, a few yes, times. you do need to know all of the previous podcasts for context. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm just kidding. You don't. But... I, for for context for anybody that hasn't seen that it's worth repeating even if you have you should go go and think about it cuz the 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 lord's prof, the prophecies that the lord gives man helps us to sort of anticipate what what's coming but it's never enough so that you could potentially predict it perfectly or 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 so that you could if you were nefarious make events happen that way it's always set up so that afterwards those who believe can see that it happened, right? And so we can see these types of things in progress. And I think that the, that desolating sickness is going to be caused by men, not by not by natural factors and I think the vaccine will will be part of it 
and it will be unclear that it's COVID. Well, we're, we're told because that most it, people don't want to say that the vaccine's causing all these, we're, these problems. We're told in the last days that men's hearts will fail them, and you have this vaccine that is literally causing men's men's oh, that's true. hearts to <laughs> that's fail. That's true. Them. I never thought about that. So it's uh, maybe that's taking it too far, but I think a lot of this is layered. The symbolism. Yeah, the it, symbolism is definitely layered, but. But yeah, it's not it's not as simple as oh it's AIDS or oh it's Ebola right. or it's like you're gonna see people dropping like flies for a desolating sickness shall cover the land. But what what is that sickness? It, was it caused well, by the vaccine? There's gonna be a lot of people who a, say it was caused by the vaccine, but it will never be it will never be so clear that you can go to your your brother crazy brother in law or whoever and say see I told you right. so. You'll always it, be able to believe what you want to believe. Also told that wicked. Wicked men will curse God and die. That could be part of the desolating sickness. It's just an unbelief and a giving up and a just yeah. cursing God and dying, mm-hmm. which is what the uh, which is what the vaxxers want all the anti-vaxxers to do. Right. <laughs> but there there will be earthquakes in diverse places and many desolations. Sounds like fires and wars and stuff. Men will harden their hearts against me, against God. That means you won't hear God. And they will take up the sword one against another, and they will kill each other. The, again, this is so. That's why I'm saying that this is like a pattern because it goes and re, it comes back around to that in the in the 60s. There, uh, verses verse 68 is what the one I quoted was. But I think we're going to see the acts of God. I think we're starting to see that, and we're going to they're going to become more and more relevant. I mean, that fire that ripped through Colorado was relevant to a lot of people. A lot of people in the last 10 years have had a relevant fire and vapor of smoke experience that burned their whole city down. I mean, right. that's, that's a thing. It's been happening, and it's happening sort of in, in a quick way relative to scriptural time, right? Right. And in not so many years, these things happen. Right. It's so slow motion for us that are, we're caught in it and we're watching for it and we're, we're saying, Lord, come quickly. But the thing has to play out in, in excruciatingly slow motion for, for people like us, I think. And, and I'm sure there are providential think, reasons why that is the case. I think I'd be all right if Jesus returns on December 31st. <laughs> this year? <laughs> Plan for it? Well. Okay. We've gone on for quite a long time. That's this all right. Time. Leave, uh, leave your predictions. On the on the website, this will be episode fifty six. Right. Any rebuttals? Any clarifications? Any improvements? Yeah. I'd love to see if you have any thoughts on what we've got going. Um, otherwise, we are going to wrap this up. Thank you, Pepe, for the beverage, and thank you, others, for your contributions. Dimitri, I hope that this meets your strict audio standards. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. I, I like the feedback, and you're right. It has been quiet, and I've been trying to figure, figure we'll that to out. figure that out. So maybe you'll have to... Maybe I'll just need to learn how to use Audacity properly. Or maybe just find the, the Amplify filter in GarageBand. Right. I'm sure something like that exists. <laughs> I actually have, have Googled that, and I've gone through it, and it doesn't seem to work the way it should work, but... Okay. Yeah. But yeah, you also don't want to blow it out, right? Right. But anyway, we're, we're sensitive. We're very, it's a very artistic podcast. <laughs> we think we're just going to whisper. You have to really pay attention <laughs> to us. Well, Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah, Happy New Year. Happy predictions. And I hope that we all can gather a year from now and do this again. Let's hope we all survive <laughs> 2022. All right. <laughs>